0: It's supposed to be on YouTube, right? Do, do do Making sure we're live. Looks like we might be. But it doesn't say. Da-da-da. Uh-uh-uh.
1: Doesn't say we're live yet. Oscar Station Identification. <laughs> Indeed. This is the uh-huh. part where we start saying random stuff, and then uh-huh. YouTube all of a sudden says, hey, by the way, you're live.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly right, right in the middle of, uh, of me talking about I don't know how I took a shit or something. It's gonna be like oh bam yeah I heard all heard all about it.
2: Thanks. YouTube. Yeah I don't know why it's not live. Maybe it's me not hitting the button right. Hmm.
3: <laughs>
2: well I've gone down a rabbit hole of wrong buttons. All insanity like now. When... Yeah this is a roll for sanity. I think nothing.
1: nothing <laughs> but cats <laughs> everywhere. Cats as far as go down.
0: I'm trying to switch accounts. And I'm Actually, like it's, it says and... we're streaming. It says we're streaming. Yeah. But it doesn't say we're live anywhere else. Uh, let the me update. Part of the show. Yeah, Are we trying to figure part. out whether
1: we're streaming or not?
0: <laughs> I think the... I think it's. It, we gotta be streaming. Restream says we're streaming. Uh, says I'm, changing, sh- I'm changing. I'm changing uh, the, the
1: raw,
3: name. It's the wrong name. Yeah, I'm changing it right now. Okay, I'm gonna give you some cool. vocal yeah. fry. Yeah,
0: I'm changing it right now. Uh,
3: uh, uh, come on, Probably YouTube
0: going to do you live you know apparently Tonight. hey we are live not only definitely apparently vocal fry used to be like a thing thing like an actual thing i was i was looking it up on youtube um and there's all these examples of like james bond for example talking with vocal fry and in like the 40s 50s 60s whatever mm-hmm. a different you know a cary grant or whatever and it's this whole deal of like. Hey, you know, Vocal Fry is not about Valley Girls. It's actually it's an old thing that used to be uh, kind of touted as a good thing. So, hey, Eric. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Hello, this is the Geeky Hammer Podcast. Casts, uh, we're a few gamers. Uh, it's Ken, Bill, which is myself, and Mr. Holker over there. Uh, And we invite creative guests, such as Mr. Eric Holden, on here to do casual conversations about all the stuff. You can read the description. You know what we're doing. Uh, We're going to do some introductions, and then we're going to save you for last, Eric. Sounds good. Uh, So, uh, yeah, no one cares who I am. Hey, Holker, who are you?
4: My name is Daniel, and I am the guest co-host of this podcast. And a cast member in the games.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, Normally we have uh, Mr. Ken Howell on the mic. Uh, He's here. He's just like a vapor. Uh, He's behind the scenes making it all rock and roll. Um, And Ken is a filmmaker in all sorts of things. And we can talk about him uh, because he's awesome. He's also a cast member on the campaigns I run. Hey, Patreon, thank you so much. Tim Roberts. Uh, Daniel Holker. Who's that? Nostalgic and Natalia Klein. If you want to join the Patreon, we have one. It's uh, patreon.com slash dread lore. That's L-O-R-E. Uh, uh, art and media production is by Couch Fire Media. You can do www.couchfiremedia.com. Uh, you can hire them. They're pretty sexy and sweet, I hear. Uh, I don't know if there's any music. But if there is, it's by all lowercase letters uh, and Mr. Interrupt. Okay, Mr. Eric Holden, can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Eric Holden. I'm the co-host of The Goblin's Corner, a weekly tabletop podcast that specially... Yeah, I get to see that part where I mess up. We (laughs) specialize in storytelling, tabletop gaming, teaching people how to be good DMs, GMs, how to play great games, how to be good characters. And so we do different subjects every week, anything from uh, writing your first world to making a Gish character in D&D. Mm, gestalt. Yes. Yeah.
0: Making characters. Character. Char. Creation. I'm right. Making some notes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. That's a good elevator pitch. Who are you, sir? How do we know each other?
1: Uh, I'm just a standard carbon-based life form that you hit up <laughs> on Podmatch a little while ago, and yep. uh, we seem to be in the same nerd stream, so nerd stream strong. How we came about. Um, yeah, I've been doing this this podcast for about three years now, and oh. uh, we recently moved to YouTube uh, about a year and a half to two years almost, and,
0: and moving
1: to YouTube. I've, Yeah, well, we we were on Spotify. We're still on Spotify, by the way, and iTunes Mm -hmm. and everything else. Then uh, about a year into it, we decided to make the jump to video. Neither of us, Mm -hmm. by the way, know anything about audio and video, so I got to learn all of that by myself. And we built this delightful studio, which you see behind you, part of it at least. We've been having fun the whole time.
0: Uh, I am sharing right now your socials. So if anybody's on the chat, or I should say on YouTube, because it won't uh, the tubes of you. <laughs> uh, you've got goblinscorner.com, and then their Twitter handle is slash goblinscorner. And your right. Instagram is the goblinscorner, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that's correct. And we're also on uh, Blue Sky and Dice Camp as well. If you okay. Say, with masked honor, okay. goblinscorner. We're pretty much everything is goblinscorner except Instagram, which we don't yeah. really do much with. Dude, I will go
0: on a tirade about Instagram and social media and such, but we'll we'll save that for later. We don't need that right now. Um, right. I have looked at some of your website. Um, I checked out uh a little bit of your Instagram. I attempted to make an Instagram of my own using that to promote. Uh, really cool production quality. It seems like you, you guys do a lot with D and D. Um. But just kind of gaming in general. Uh, I'm seeing NPCs, subclasses, spells, and stuff. It looks like for a video
1: game of some sort. Oh, for D. Or is that 5e? Oh, that is yeah, 5E. It's 5E. It's 5e stuff. We talk okay. about a lot of different things. Uh, most of our listeners tend to ask specifically for 5e, although I have played every game under the sun. I mean, I, you could see a lot of first and second edition uh, yes. behind me, but on the other side, of the studio mm. there is white wolf games in fact i play tested a lot of white wolf as they're based out of stone mountain georgia which i just right know down that. the street from me yeah and uh i've also played lots of Shadowrun, Herbs. Uh, uh, oh god multiple <laughs> oh different games yeah Ugh. i have i have played many different games over the years there's a troika book behind me i got the new fallout rpg oh shit is it yeah, d20 uh it is it's it's interesting um
0: I don't like the D twenty systems. Uh, is it double D twenty or is it just straight up D twenty? I believe
1: it's double D twenty. Yeah, I'm never. I haven't actually looked those. too much into it. I, I briefly mm-hmm. looked at it. It looked very much like a battle map type game system, okay. and less like a role playing game. So, yeah. I kind of turned that off and started uh, digging up more White Wolf stuff because I'm running a uh, hunter's campaign right now with my so like, yeah. uh, with one of my groups. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're uh, tiny and no, human, and vampires and monsters exist
0: now is this a uh, is this a, a fuck i know white wolf just came out with a new vampire it's like vampire it's like fifth second edition or is it fifth six
1: edition? yeah i think it's six. like 60 or whatever it is we're playing i think the one that's out of uh onyx path okay so uh five, the 5e e stuff okay yeah 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 so vampire um, the vigil or, i'm sorry uh hunter the vigil and then um vampire the name I can never remember. So, I played uh, Dark Ages and
0: Vampire: The Masquerade. So, Old World. Then there's New World, which is Vampire Requiem. The rules there's are a lot Chronicles better. Chronicles of Darkness. Chronicles of Darkness. That's the one after uh, that, which is what we're in. So that's what you're in. Yep. Um. So what I heard was the newest or the Onyx Path version of Vampire goes back to the Masquerade lore but it uses an updated rule set. Is that true? I, I've never touched it.
1: Chronicles of Darkness uh, actually kind of takes the old uh, lore and then kind of expands upon it. So, for example, if I've been reading a lot of Mage uh, lately. Okay. And basically the technocracy won. And so of course, Chronicles, you have to have, you know, conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> They're called the Exarchs now, and so they so they spun up a new lore, but it alludes to like previous uh, storytelling. And they did a really interesting way to do it in that uh, that was the old world. We have no idea what happened because when right. they remade yeah. the universe, everybody forgot. And I thought, right. oh yeah, that's cool. You're, mm-hmm. you're a mage. You're rewriting reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vampire is a lot more brutal in Chronicles of Darkness. Kind of are stuck to the cities, and then there's crap out there. Outside the cities, it just wants to tear you apart, most likely werewolves. Um, Oh. Yeah. It's a lot lot darker. It's really interesting, and there's a lot of really cool characters. I especially love the game Sin Eater, which you get to play as... Basically, play as a revenant. So um, if you remember Wraith from old-school World of Darkness, the idea is that you die somehow, whether Mm -hmm. through your own fault or someone else's. And on the way to... The underworld, this geist of like a powerful undead spirit comes up to you and it's like, hey, buddy, you want to make a deal? (laughs) You kind of fuse with this spirit, come back pissed Uh, off and ready to rock. Is it is it? It reminds
0: me of Shadows of Mordor. Is it like that?
1: Sort of. Yeah.
0: Did I get the name right? I've never played that game. I've watched the video walkthrough.
1: The biggest difference is you come back and you've got this other spirit in your head. Mm. and it doesn't necessarily want to do the same thing that you want to do right and so you kind of have to like deal with it uh so think one part the crow and one part multiple personality just yeah that that sounds so it's dope shadows of mordor
0: that's the one where you're the ranger that gets brought back by celebirnbor i think right celebirnbus i can't he's the dude who made the rings who literally forged the rings Mm -hmm. um there's a second one where essentially she lob is like an anti-hero ish type thing and in that the wraith that is keeping you alive is constantly like working against you and you have this split there is something that that reminds me of and i i can't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anyway that sounds that sounds really cool so you're a revenant in this game
1: yes it's a lot of fun at -hmm. some point i'm probably you know i'm I'm introducing my my players to the Chronicles of Darkness, so they're all playing humans right now. But at some yeah. point, they're all going to die horribly. Oh, of course, of course. Come back as a mage or uh-huh. a vampire or even a revenant of some sort, like a, a Sin Eater. So, so interesting, so, so do you do the thing,
0: and maybe the new system corrected this. Um, let me preface this as a question. Okay. <laughs> Reconfigure this as a question. How do you feel about mixing and matching those different lores in the White Wolf universe in a single
1: game? I'm fine with that. Uh, lore to me is whatever is necessary to build the story. One of the things that uh, I'm really interested to, by the way, I haven't read any of the new World of Darkness, the 6 stuff that's come out. I think it's oh, neither Vampire anyway. But okay. Chronicles of Darkness I've read pretty extensively. One of the things I like about it is you can use it by itself, like one individual game, or you can use it uh, together. And you can kind of buffet table it in many ways. You could take lore from one aspect and kind of incorporate it into your story, or you can Mm. take two conflicting pieces of lore, and it's purposely conflicting as well. And that's kind of cool, because not everything the characters know. And in fact, there's a lot of things that they only assume. And mm. that kind of gives an element of mystery into the game, which is a lot of fun. Plus, I love scaring my players, so... <clears throat>
0: right, so you're actually doing it like a horror game. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like the system is is better built for it. Uh, so one of our uh, our uh, chat people, as well as Patreon members, is on the chat. Uh, always here, this is Megan. It uh, says, GURPS, WOW, talk about a blast from the past.
1: <laughs> I've got what, more what if you're it? interested.
0: Yeah, what is there were several versions of GURPS, right?
1: I believe so, yeah. And then there's also Riffs, which uh I spun off from GURPS that. as well. Rifs is okay. um oh god, I don't remember what it stands for.
0: Yeah, Gurps is like In my nerd universal card back now system role play system.
1: Generic universal role generic. playing system.
4: I've never heard of any of this stuff.
0: Really? Oh dude, well it's because yeah. I've 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 shielded you
4: from GURPS.
1: You see <laughs> back in the Pleistocene age there were these older games.
4: Uh uh-uh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I do all my role playing in the Holocene.
0: Okay. So uh we're gonna bring in Holker here. Holker has has an interesting talent for knowing
3: everything.
0: It's ridiculous. Hey, hey, Holker. The Holocene age. When was that?
4: Holocene was immediately after the Pleistocene, and it is generally marked by the end of the last ice age and the beginning of uh, – probably the beginnings of agriculture and just uh, human habitation of most of the earth. It, it, it was uh, – <clears throat> it's essentially the beginning of the modern era, geologically speaking.
0: So what Eric is saying – correct me if I'm wrong – is that he was gaining before you.
4: <laughs> yeah. And the Pleistocene, <laughs> which, which began about two million years ago.
0: Uh, Megan says, dude, Aberrant was one of my favorite from White Wolf. Did you play Aberrant?
1: I have not. And interestingly enough, we just did an episode uh, titled Five TTRPGs You Should Be Playing Right Now. Oh. One of them, my co-host Matt, drug up Aberrant. And somehow we have never played this game. Whoa. It is fan-fucking-tastic. Aberrant. It's- yeah, you ba- yeah. it's okay. So, uh have you ever seen The Boys? Oh yeah. TV show? I have seen
0: okay. I've seen the first and second season. I have not seen the third. Okay.
1: So, imagine that in the <sighs> 90s. Yeah, okay. That's pretty much That's what it's become. Yeah. It came up with this way before The Boys uh and all that. It, it's it's just a game where it's just, you're a brutal superhero and it's Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. it Has nothing okay. to do with the World of Darkness that you know about, right? Like Mm-mm. Uh, I think it's its own world. I haven't okay. played it. Uh, my co-host Matt brought it up, and he was just like, how did we not know about this? I mean, we've played Paranoia, and we mm. haven't played Aberrant. So. <laughs> uh, Wraith the
0: Oblivion was one of my favorite besides Demon the Fallen. Vampire in all forms. And then, yeah, actually, the reason that I even got into Vampire uh, and white wolf and that stuff is because Megan introduced me her and my friend Cameron. Um, And uh, the way that they made characters is you would start as a human or you would build as a human and then become a vampire. And then Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the ways those old school STs would do it is you'd run like session zero as humans who then get turned or embraced and you know, maybe maybe you turn into a ghoul first and you play through whatever. And I've attempted to do that, but it seems like most people don't have the patience. Uh, you know, they want superpowers. I
4: Yeah. I think I think they should be started as sort of low level vampires, like all of them.
0: Mm. Hulker uh helped run a LARP. Have you ever had a LARP or
1: played in a LARP, Eric? Matter of fact, uh, Uh-oh. it's been a, it's been a while, but we did <laughs> uh, Nero for many years. Nero, is, yeah, it's it's a it's a LARP. Uh, we did Nero South, which uh, I haven't done that in mm. about a decade or so at this point. But what is it? We used to do that. Uh, it's you roll off into the woods. It's got its own story. Near, it's its own game. And mm. uh, but you you know you've got the foam weapons and you call out the damage when you hit with it. It's a lot of fun. I used to play monsters to make people roll new characters because fun doing that but uh i, I played a character occasionally mm. best story i have about larping is is uh interestingly enough this is matt and i've known each other for years and so when we were larping one time uh they sent us out as goblins mm. so it's nothing to do with the goblins corner by the way just i was gonna fun. ask on yeah no but interestingly enough this is how it came about um and we had alchemist Uh, goblins which so they Mm -hmm. could throw like you know sticky paste and stuff like that (laughs) so we sticky pasted all of the doors to the cabins uh and then screamed at the top of our lungs as goblins and the majority of the people who were characters ran out saw that they got stuck to the you know floors the walls the doors and then we ran off (laughs) we actually had uh Come out and tell us to stop at one point because we had sticky pasted the majority of the players and they couldn't go back if they were playing <laughs> it. You broke the game, uh, which <laughs> leads, me, leads me directly
0: into the horror of Gestalt. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, without Ken here, I, I normally he and I bounce, uh, you know, sort of like a pendulum, he's asking the questions and I'm just giving abject opinions. Uh I'm going to give a little bit of opinion here. Every time that I've I've played in a game or ran a game where there's been gestalt characters. Uh well actually, first of all what is a gestalt character?
1: You're asking me? Yep. In general a gestalt character is one where you have uh two different classes and you're running them side by side. So you might have a wizard with the subclass that you play and a fighter, right? Subclass. right. That's the traditional Gestalt character. It's like mm. a wizard. Now, in 5th edition with the subclasses and how they've built it out and multi-classing, I generally oh. never play Gestalt mm. because you can multi-class build something and it just seems a little bit too crazy with a kind of Gestalt game. That's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it should go on like super you... epic wizard.
0: Yeah, when did you jump in? When did when did Gestalt characters come out?
1: I think Gestalt's have been around since first edition. <clears throat> oh
0: shit, I didn't realize
1: that. Yeah, I know they That sounds like a mess. In, I know they're around in second. I don't even feel like grabbing the book behind me.
0: Probably. Oh no, it. show off your books, man.
1: See.
0: Dude, those We've books got... are worth money. Hell yeah. yeah! Look at that artwork.
4: That's badass. Let's see
1: if we can find where it is in here for Gestalt characters.
4: That's really cool. So, Gestalt Ogre, characters yeah. were formalized in uh, way back then.
0: I thought it was. I, I heard about it in third ed. Maybe <clears third throat> because I
4: always thought I always thought multi-classing was was when they formalized that in in third ed.
1: I think you could do. Yeah, I think it's second ed. When it mm. all came out, Megan says second edition. I believe I haven't. You know, we have the internet to look it up, but we obviously aren't doing it right now. So. Yeah. No
0: it doesn't matter that much. Someone can correct yeah. us and we can get the engagement. That's fine. The
1: uh, thing about playing Gestalt, though, and this is where it's different than multi-classing, is when you're playing Gestalt, it, it's a lot of bookkeeping to play, both as huh. a player and as a DM. And right. nine times out of ten, nobody wants to do that. And unless, way-
0: <laughs> Unless you're one of those people that love it.
1: I mean, if someone loves to do that and would and would want to run something like that, I would be fine running it.
0: Mm.
3: Well, okay, so, so there's the issue of, do you have two character sheets?
1: No. A lot of times you just have the same character sheet and you just have the classes kind of side by side.
0: Mm. Um, <clears throat> and there are rules like you... you take the better base attack and the better
1: yeah. saves or something like that pretty much yeah i recall mm. it's been a while since i've done one of those and and again i think multi-classing kind of just 86 is a lot of that anyway because if you're going to play mm. an 80 uh a multi-class character then you know that pretty much is the right. best of both worlds well cool. and this is the, this is the issue
0: that that i always had was in and why i remember it being in third edition good that's where it started uh balance. But then like if you wanted to do a gestalt game, you're really not concerned about balance. You know, you're you're superheroes that can then mm-hmm. take on the epic things while you're not epic. So you could be like a eighth level character, maybe a twelfth level character.
1: And well, be... it's interesting you mentioned that. Um the way that I look at any type of class is, and this is by the way, something that is just kind of I don't know if this is just me and Matt and a few other folks, but or if this is just kind of a lot of gamers feel like this. I don't really see the classes themselves as as important as the archetypes that they represent. So, sure. uh, you know, a lot of times, 3rd Edition was great for this. this is why I love 3rd Edition the most, because you had this concept and you wanted to play this thing, right? Man, I want to be a spellcasting, theme, right? Let's just say that. Yep. You could build it with the various uh, multi-classes and you could build it with the various feats and other, you know, options and you could have a character that fit the thematic that you were going for, regardless of what you were calling it, right? And 5e mm. does a little bit of that as well, but it's a little harder just because 5e uh, didn't have the extensive amount of ridiculous splat books that 3rd e had. <laughs> I mean, I, half the weight of my bookshelf behind me is 3rd edition, and it's you know a couple thousand pounds of just, of just content <laughs> and lore. It's amazing Megan... how much they had.
0: Megan and I had a friend, uh, still do, I guess, named Randall. And this is before I actually played. I would see Randall coming to the coffee shop or wherever, and he would have one of those massive, like, tailgating-style coolers that mm-hmm. always behind him. And I was like, damn, dude, you got some drinks? No, full of gaming books. And they were all, mm-hmm. like, those D&D splats and Planescape and all that crap. Oh, yeah. I like, it was legit.
1: That's how it used to be, man. Before we had, we all had laptops, and now you can just, you know, buy a PDF and have all of it on <laughs> one pl- thing. Yeah, so I mean, much Some easier.
0: PDFs are free. You know, some PDFs of tabletop role-playing games are free.
1: But there's a lot of good third-party content out there as well that has been mm. producing stuff. Anything from DM's Guild, for example, or uh, Drive Through. There's a ton yeah, of right, stuff right, out right. there for Third Edition, Fifth Edition. There's, you know, the OSR movement has just exploded. Mm.
0: We're going to get into all of that. Uh, Holker. who is our sponsor tonight? This seems like a good time.
3: We're sponsored by a hat. (laughs) Like a bowler?
0: (laughs) A solo cup. Why do you have a solo cup?
4: It's a sponsor. Don't insult it. Okay.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, Eric, what are you drinking today?
1: Uh, just a little uh, Earl Grey Done the Picard. Oh, hot. Grey, <clears throat> Earl Grey dude. tea, hot,
0: hot, hot. Uh, do you put any? Here's <clears throat> some riveting content. Do you put any lemon in it, or are you more of like a
1: a milk type dude? The honey? No, I I just drink it, just straight up. Black is my soul. Yeah, black is my soul. Same thing with coffee.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I just drink too much coffee uh, to drink it black. Like, eventually it just starts hurting your stomach. You need a little bit of an emulsifier
1: going on. That's when you switch to tea. Indeed, indeed. Less, less, yeah. less I fat. drink
4: my green tea black.
1: <laughs> it's fucking hardcore shit. Yeah. <laughs> Aged three weeks.
4: <clears throat> yeah.
1: Good enough, you, uh, can, a... uh, you can dye some wood with it.
0: <laughs> that's some yeah. oolong cha uh right okay so gestalt characters mm, i don't want to beat a dead horse but some of your content is like your guys podcast i i think i saw you guys talk about gestalt characters
1: yeah not yet not yet we're, we're not yet talk about making a gish like the fight the traditional fighter warrior
0: that's what it is
1: wizard, wizard fighter type thing
0: but oh yeah, right so out. go on sorry
1: that's that's coming out in a week
0: Alright, so tell us all about this new thing, and um, a lot of people that are going to listen to this, they're geeky, they're into gaming, but they, they're they not like deep into the D&D lore. And to know what a Gish is versus a Githyanki versus a Githzerai, you kind of have to be a little bit deep in it.
4: You yeah. can question him using a Gish Gallop. I'm going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> Continue.
1: <laughs> Guy in jeopardy. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, like, you know, Githyanki and Gisurai, the, right. the only thing you need to know, they are like this Aeon flux humanoid that the People mind People are too young for that, with. dude.
0: They're too young oh, for God it. Damn. They're too young for it.
1: Look it up. All right. <laughs> uh, so imagine <laughs> these angular humanoids that were screwed with by the mind flares. Yeah. And they split into two separate cultures, right? One of them decided to chill in the astral plane. And become tyrants.
0: Yeah, uh, chill is maybe Lord, not the word I would use, but. <laughs> how about they, be, they decided
1: to become pirates in there the extra plane, <laughs> living go. on the corpses of dead gods ruled by an yeah. uh, eternal <laughs> lich queen? Casually. Who, <laughs> who every so often would suck out your soul if you became too powerful. Whatever. And then on the other side, they the other side decided, you know what? We're not down with the tyranny, so we're going to be monks. Very contemplative. But instead of, you know, going someplace contemplative, they went to fucking limbo, where the slob yeah. rule with their mallets and party hats, and decided yeah. to build a temple in chaos using only their minds.
0: Now, is it limbo that they're in? I guess It is yeah. a limbo. Yeah, December. because they have the yeah. balance. That's right. That's right.
3: I, I, down I, there in the deep paisley.
1: I, <laughs>
0: uh so i was introduced to planescape which is the setting i believe it's a second ed setting
1: it's correct yeah
0: um by cook
1: jeb cook bruce cordell a bunch of other guys yeah
0: now a different money cook right than numenera right
1: same guy same Same guy guy. guy. yeah so if Uh, you guys go on sorry i believe the way it worked was uh he wrote if, if I recall, if I'm re- remembering this correctly, he, he and several others worked, they created Planescape, and then uh, it also helped with Planescape Torment, the video game, which if you've never mm. played it, amazing.
0: Oh, so good. Such a so
1: classic. And then 3rd Edition came out and they got rid of them. Which, by the way, if you're paying attention to what's going on with WotC now, seems mm. a little familiar, doesn't it? It's like, oh look, they're coming out with a new version, let's get rid of all the authors that are writing it so we don't have to pay them anything. And then we can hire other authors that are cheap. Now, Monty Cook, I'm pretty sure wrote
0: at least a couple of the third edition books, um, the Fiend Folio, I think. Mm. That could be complete bullshit. Someone check me on that. I think the thing, the how I got how I became aware of his stuff. I'll tell you after I talk about Planescape. In Planescape, our Megan and our and my friend, a guy named Roe, who. Uh, has written for D&D whatever a bunch of a bunch of crap um he was telling me about the githzerai and kind of like their whole mission what
1: is it the illithids it's pretty much the biggest mission i i believe that uh the githzerai have unless there's some new lore out their whole thing was they hated the githyanki mm. they really hated the illithids they would uh, make hunting parties, raids to the prime to basically ferret out any Elithids left. And they would even okay. put aside their differences with Get the Yankee to kill Elithids. Hmm. Aside from that, there's not a whole lot of lore that I'm aware of about Get the Yankee. Then again, I haven't read every book. So,
0: so from what I understand, <coughs> there's a fortress or something. Like mm-hmm. they, they went to one of the planes. I can't remember what it is. Um, I thought it was Pandemonium.
1: Like so they went to they went to limbo,
0: like like a get, crazy thing, and the and the idea was they uh they they were kind of like trying to tame it or something. Like it reminded me of uh, this could just be a story point that row ran on one of his games and it's not actually canon. But like like in Star Wars for example, not that you know anything about Star Wars,
1: no, nothing at all about Star nothing, Wars, I mean.
0: nothing about Star Wars, nothing. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> The idea of like a Jedi going or like Yoda going to Dagobah, which is infused with the dark side, right?
1: And and the side of life as well.
0: And the side of life, and so to test themselves, and that that's kind of what I I thought they were. Um, do they ride around on red dragons too?
1: No, they uh, at one point attempted to make a pact with chaos dragons. But yeah, that's uh, I think tough. that didn't go very well, yeah, tough to now do. they it's they are kind of interesting in that like they follow they followed this guy, I don't know if he's still around or not, I can't remember, but his name was Zer- Zerthamon. he was the guy like the lead general in Gith's army when they were yeah. just the gith, yeah, and when he drove him over to limbo, uh they kind of founded this monastery, they call him uh i believe um. Followers of Zerth or uh, Zerth? That sounds really Yeah, I don't remember right now. That sounds really familiar. I was looking at it, I I would sound a lot more knowledgeable about this. But the idea Uh, is that chaos is completely random and you can exert your will upon chaos and actually create stuff, right? So if you're hanging out in Limbo hmm. and you think about a cheese sandwich, a cheese sandwich appears, delicious, and you eat it. And then you forget about it and it turns back into elemental chaos and now you've got a hole in your belly because it turned into magma but <laughs> maintain that concentration and build all kinds of stuff. And they built this entire like fortress city and they've expanded out and stuff like that. It's really interesting. So this is, this
0: is what I'm thinking of uh, erroneously. That's exactly the idea of like their mental concentration. Uh, let me topic switch again. Uh, did you read, and I'm, I'm going to jump into the deep end here uh, that, that I, and, and it's like, I don't know how to swim okay cable versus deadpool
1: okay did you read it if i have it's been forever all right i I haven't read both of them so the idea
0: is what if cable is cured or not isn't cured but he's he's able to overcome the uh the techno virus like like that has his arm and, going.
1: Then he would be the most powerful psychic in exactly. the Marvel universe.
0: And so there's this whole thing
1: where he has the big f- except for Franklin Richards, but that's a different story. Who is Franklin Richards? The son of Reed Richards. He's like an omega a, level god. Why is it always
0: the, the, the progeny of the X Men are like super powered?
1: Because we like superheroes and it's you gotta you gotta kinda edge lord it the more you go. Like, Mm. you're never going to have a son of an X-Men that's less powered than the father. But it'd be way cooler of a a, story. What an awesome story would that be. That'd be an awesome story. Can you imagine, like, um, Cyclops and Jean Grey, they had a son. Instead of, you know... uh, That's Cable, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But can you imagine, like, maybe they had Cable, but maybe they had another son. We'll just call him Bill, right? (laughs) Bill (laughs) Stomachs. (laughs) last <laughs> his ability he was great he could make he could make tea hot and that's all he could do that that's what he ability. could do he could just... warm shit up
0: <laughs> listen dude if this i could make if i could make tea and coffee hot this this do you know what this is for anyone just, who's listening on spotify i'm holding up a mug
1: do you know what this says it glows i just want the mutant ability to clean my room just to have it I want, you know what I want? I want the 5e spell, Prestidigitation. Dude, fuck I yeah. Would. Fuck yeah, you do. You should take
4: that
0: spell game. every time.
4: You know, if, time. You, if you can warm up your coffee or your tea, you can also uh, pretty effectively de-ice your car before you go to work.
0: Dude, the most useful mm-hmm. ability. Uh, <clears throat> so kinetic energy to like excite things. I mean, it's, oh you man. Like, I'm uh, go on. Gambit? Like Gambit, boom. Yeah. Exactly. So what is Gambit's actually power? His actual power?
1: He he accelerates molecules until they explode. And he tosses like a card; it, it's something, and then it, the kinetic energy releases. Yep.
0: Being able to do that. Holy shit! Let me bring it back down. Back
1: traffic down. would be great. I would just have mm-hmm. cars exploding everywhere. I live in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. man. There's a lot of traffic. All right. Dude, there's there's road a lot of traffic in real. Atlanta. There's, oh, there's yeah. a lot of
0: road rage. Uh, rage. At Hot Atlanta. Uh, similar in some ways to Los Angeles in terms of the road rage and the more insanity. rain.
1: But yeah, I've been to LA. Yeah. the the uh, the road rage is real it, there too.
0: Mm. All right, to bring it back to zero, why the Goblin's Corner? What 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 does this name mean? What what is this?
1: So to go on that, we have to dive back. A, a few months before that, uh, the pandemic breaks out. I'm an improviser. I uh, I've been improvising for about 15 years. Yep. And our theater closed down during the pandemic because you know you can't have a live show in front of folks. Oh, you're an you're an actor. Yes. Uh, oh, Okay, right on. And then, so we're, we're I'm I'm stuck doing nothing, right? And so, I'm sitting with my buddy Matt one night. We're talking about stuff. Most of the time it's Probably about a game we're playing, D&D, or something else. And we just kind of came up with the idea that, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if we just talked about this online? And mm. So we did. We did a couple of like Facebook Lives that we've since deleted. We thought, oh, this yeah. is a lot of fun. We got like 20, 30 people watching us and stuff. Let's just do a podcast. That sounds That's fun. Awesome. Everyone's doing a podcast, right? And it's not like I can go back to my theater anytime soon. In fact, it was like a year before we were able to actually you know, perform in public did you say when
0: when this was was it
1: 2020 20 yeah about 2020 i'd say okay okay 2020 2021 right around there so the idea of we had a lot of options right live plays were big we thought about doing live plays we've done some live plays in fact i've voice acted in a couple live plays but uh That's a lot of investment. That's a lot of uh, time, and what most people don't know, if it's a good live play, it's a lot of money involved, too, because you have to pay the actors. You have to have a studio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you should pay the actors. Let me put it to you that way. Uh, Unless they're friends, right? Um, You could also, you know, have a nice set. You have to have a place to do that, and then you have to herd cats, because actors are somewhat fickle. At least everyone I've met. And we really didn't have the time to do that. We both have day jobs. And so we're like, you know what? In the evening, once a week, let's meet up. We'll talk about what we always talk about, which is like D&D and games. And most importantly, telling stories, how to tell a good story, how to teach people how to do that. Because mm-hmm. I was reading Reddit and Twitter and everything else, and it's like, everyone's like, man, I really don't know how to make NPCs. I don't understand, like, I'm in this situation my players are pissed off and you know XY and Z and we're like these are easily solved. Mm. And so the goblins corner came about because of that. And the idea was like would it be cool if we were just kind of sitting these two goblins in the back corner of a tavern mm. dispensing wisdom like you know small green Italian mobsters. And so that's how it oh. came about. And the name kind of stuck.
3: I'm going through your
4: uh your podcast Podcast episode list here, and uh, you're. It seems like you're covering the whole gamut of D and D lore and uh, angles for playing a character. I see you got one about how how to DM a volcanic encounter. That's right. <laughs> so Which, we well, yeah we I need to know about that. Of, but oh. okay,
1: Well terrain <laughs> is a big thing, and one of the things we when we were starting this podcast, we're like, you know what? No one ever talks about like, I don't know. The difference between you're playing a game on the plains or in the mountains or in a forest. And so hmm. we have a kind of a, an ongoing terrain series, a whole playlist for it. But Volcanoes is one of my favorites because it's the traditional red dragon in a volcanic oh, caldera, you know? I see, I see. I see. How do you play that? How do you set that up from, from a gaming perspective? What are some things to think about? What kind of monsters? What's the ecology? Remember, this is a magical world, so anything goes. How do you but set that up? We want to kind of have some logic uh in improv we say if that was true what else is true mm. so what else is true about all right there's a dragon that's in the volcano cool the dragon's got to eat what's he eating right is he raiding the surrounding countryside he can't eat magma so there might be I a mean, whole ecosystem yeah. that lives in a volcano which there is by the way there's fire elementals and you know there's dwarves slowly right. cooking there's dwarves. As dwarves, yeah, because dwarves do what dwarves do, digging deep.
4: They could probably die out in a hot spring. If yeah. That, if that is true, so what else true? very good for ball Very, very
0: good idea. I mean, you can apply that to a lot of things. I mean, so you have an entire podcast episode about this. I don't want to – I mean, obviously, people can can go listen to that, and you can get deep down into it. Of course. But I do – I am interested. How do you approach that? Uh, It doesn't have to be a volcano scenario. But yeah how how does one approach this and how do you come about your views on it? Are you just shooting from the hip, or
1: is it from experience or what? A little bit of both. you know when you're when you're thinking about a piece of terrain, a lot of times it's because you've added that into your game world, if you're homebrewing something, or you're adding it to your story. and you know, again. Everything that we talk about in our show comes back to telling stories because it's collaborative storytelling. It's you and your players playing pretend, making shit up. Collaborative storytelling. What a word. It is. It's collaborative, man. We make it together. And what a wonderful game that is, right? This is the only type of game you can do that everyone, whatever anybody says, is real. And that's kind of fun. So when Mm. you're thinking about different terrain, you have to consider a lot of stuff, right? You know, as a as a storyteller, DMG and whatever it is, um, where is this terrain in relation to what the characters are doing? Sometimes it's you know location via plot, right? It doesn't have to be like something fixed, and you know you don't have to make a map for it. They could just Mm. encounter this area, but it needs to have some kind of element. And then what we generally try to do is talk to people about what is interesting in the area and then what are some story arcs that might be kind of fun
0: so um go on
1: oh I, I was just gonna say so for example um what was something that we did what if there was an artifact buried in a volcano right just talking about volcanoes here okay and something that was resistant to fire picked it up found it cool Instant story, right? That could be the big bad artifact that kills the world. Okay, now you've mm-hmm. got a setting. Now you have a reason for your players to be there. And what can you throw at them? Well, there's all kinds of fun stuff in volcanoes, man. You get some fire elementals. You could get some, uh, I don't know, uh, remorse. Earth elementals. Earth elementals, yeah. You could have rock slides. You could have just the the situation itself. do not even need monsters, man. Just climbing a volcano. There's toxic gas. Oh, there's yeah. There's lava. This shit's terrible, man. Turns out there's lava. Yeah, turns out <laughs> lava happens. So this this
0: leads into the world building, um. And these are conversations that you and Matt, your co-host, have on the reg. These Pretty kinds much, of yeah. Con- yeah. Um, are you both DMs?
1: Yes, we've we've uh, professionally DM'd for several years. We've been DMs for a long, long time, and it's something that we find is interesting but also something that you know with the knowledge that we have we like to help other people who are starting out trying mm. to dm and trying to play
0: um so what is a professional dm
1: just someone who makes money dming a game
0: okay so that's literally do- all it is
1: yeah i've 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 done it for like corporate events and stuff like that uh where i've had like a 30 person table I've done it at conventions and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it's That's some gigantic uh, D&D right
4: there, baby.
1: Not as it's not as impressive as it sounds. There's a lot. Of, it's but but it is uh, yeah, it's and there's a lot of people who do it on no, the side. No, it's impressive.
4: It's impressive that that's a that that's a gig that you have, okay? That is impressive. But like it's I I have a philosophy that no matter how crazy or ridiculous some something that you might think that someone is doing if they're getting paid for it, if they've actually convinced other people that hey, this is this is something that's worth, you know, doing
3: professionally, it's not it's not ridiculous. So, fair
0: point. Uh, where can people get your <clears throat> sweet sweet DM services?
1: Uh, not much right now. Uh, generally, most people contact us through our site. Although I was on Let's Play uh, briefly. Right now, the podcast has kind of taken over a lot of that time for me. Yeah, and so, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. it's And we're also in the process of writing a couple of books. So once that Ooh. gets out, I think we'll probably get back more into more pro-DMing. But at the moment, we're just kind of taking a hiatus for it.
0: All right. So for pro-DMing, if people are interested, then they can go to your site and talk to you, and you mm-hmm. can converse that way. And I'm assuming Matt is also a pro-DM.
1: That's correct, yeah.
0: Okay. Um. I want to talk about your books, but that seems like it's going to be a big conversation. Um, so, previous to that conversation, pro DMing, I have had a problem with it. Okay, so I've, I have GM'd, DM'd, I've arbited if you want to go Dreadlore. <laughs> but it's usually for friends, even if it's for people that I don't know, there is a stigma of. What is this worth? It's a lot of time. A lot of time, a lot of energy. You say that you do improv. I'm going to guess. I'm going to take a stab in the darkness. I'm going to use magic missile against the darkness. And say that you might be a DM that doesn't have to plan everything out.
3: You would be correct. And And that's
1: a lot of energy, right? Well, not necessarily, um, and you know, a lot of there's this kind of this stigma where people think, oh, I'm I'm either a uh, railroad conductor where I have everything written out, or I'm a fly at the seat of my pants where I have literally nothing planned out. Now, mm. have I played games or run games where I literally came up with something on the fly? Absolutely, many times. Mm. Yeah. But what works. Best, oftentimes, is to have an idea or a series of ideas, even a, just like a bullet point, so that you can riff off the cuff. Right. Because you do want some logical progression in a story. And so when I do DM, and obviously when I pro DM, I I put a little bit more homework into it as well, because we want to have some semblance of a story. And if you're mm-hmm. writing a module, then that's another example. Yeah, you have you, to. You kind of have to to do that. But you also have to understand, you know, in terms of improv players are never going to do exactly what you want them to do what the fuck are you talking about it's they never go directly into the dungeon they always go to the bar first (laughs) you could force them
0: there's a volcano there's all kinds of artifacts and shit in it cool we
3: (laughs) don't go there
1: yeah so um i would say like in terms of just Coming up with stuff off the fly, I usually have like a bullet point list of some things what I consider to be like possible scenarios, right? So I know what the characters are doing, mm. um, at least after like the first game session or so. You usually, you know, get your sea legs after the first game to see how people interact and how they play. Mm. And if you do a good session zero, that comes across very easily, particularly this if you're is, doing it with a brand. This of is
0: stuff. this is pro DMing, right? As in these it's are,
1: or pro. even just regular DMing i've what? I've dm'd for free for uh in fact one of my best games that i just recently finished uh a couple months ago was a Kalimshan game which is if you're unfamiliar that's in the forgotten Oh, i got realms. nothing
0: oh uh, okay okay
1: it's it's down south in the forgotten realms and we did an and... intrigue campaign oh. fifth edition and they literally my it was a bunch of randos that i'd never met before and we mm. played for about a year whoa and, in person yeah. or remote on, on Discord, on Roll20. Yeah, yeah. Never met him in my life, and now they're awesome, right? I know so, they're so good friends.
0: For some, uh, that's a point in and of itself, uh, collaborative storytelling, making friends. Um, for people who don't know what A Forgotten Realms is, Eric?
1: It's the game world that Ed Greenwood originally invented for his campaign, and in kind of the de facto fifth edition game world, uh since
0: they let you know in the DMG about every mm-hmm. other paragraph. Yeah. Um, Baldur's Gate.
1: It's from the Forgotten Realms.
0: Neverwinter's night.
1: Also, Forgotten Realms.
0: The fucking D D movie. The good one. That
1: was yeah. That was in <laughs> um. Was in Icewind well, Dale. Were... Right, because because they
0: talk about Castle Never Neverwinter, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and they were in the frozen north in Iceland uh, and they went south.
0: So in the D&D movie, that world in the south is where what is this place called?
1: The Forgotten Realms? No, no, no. Are oh, you uh, talking about Calamshan? Calamshan. Calamshan's in the Calam Desert. the oh, reason, the Kalim reason Kalim it was Desert. created was because uh I, uh two great spirits, uh one of er- uh, air, one of fire, it was uh Calam, Genie Calam and the uh Efreet um mm. Gymnon, so if it, and they got and bound a to in a free fire yeah they got yeah. bound to this mystical gym and then it was buried beneath the sand their oh, eternal struggles created the desert
0: oh cool that's cool yeah. it's kind of like uh in the real world god got bored so <clears throat> professionally dm how do you guys that was funny come on i'm hilarious how do you convince people to pay you for this I mean, I think you should get paid for it, but how do you convince people to pay you for it?
1: Ask myself that every day when I do it. I mean, it's the same way that I've, you know, I've done uh, improv classes for businesses as well. Mm. So it's it's just really how do you market yourself as a person as a no creative? Well, this is this is what you ask yourself, right? Oh, yeah. and then and then just you know, you kind of have a either a slide deck or you come up with a little bit of a blurb. Sometimes you do them at uh, local gatherings. So I've done them at bars before in Atlanta. What I've is a slide games. deck? It's like, you know, like a little presentation where you, Oh here's, shit. Here's who I am. How you can get in touch with me. Right.
0: Oh, okay. 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 Like a little, pre- it sounds yeah. like you went to school or had a mentor or perhaps were just precocious enough to know how to business. Tell us.
1: Well, my day job, I am a designer. And I ran a for a long time. I I work for a large megacorp right now, but I uh, ran a, a design agency for several years. So mm. a lot of this, I guess, the business acumen is from that.
3: Okay. Um, I'm gonna dig deeper. What? Continue, please.
1: I'm I'm waiting on
3: you. Yeah. How?
0: So. So I literally don't know what a slide deck is. I know about business cards. I know the idea of an elevator pitch.
1: Um, it's, it's essentially just a uh, a series of like slides, like a PowerPoint of like a PowerPoint. Yeah, just showcasing your skills and stuff like that.
0: Um, is this something like you would go to a networking event and do that, or do you just like bust it out? You're like, hey, check it out, dude. It's oh, my phone. <laughs> oh, I oh, got. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you how I got into doing pro-DMing stuff. I sure. was uh, I was working at my theater, and we would oftentimes do improv for businesses, stuff like that. And we did a show for one of our clients, and afterwards, we were just kind of sitting around hanging out with everybody, and then we were laughing and stuff, and somebody mentioned D&D, and I, mm. of course, jumped in, because I had to, started talking about stuff, and they were like, oh, Cool you play games like yeah it's like you know would be great is it's a great team building exercise it's and uh, kind of sold those guys on it and then after that it was just a little bit of word of mouth but you can also there's a lot of people who do pro dming where they'll there's websites where you can literally have other players sign up and charge mm-hmm. so let's play is one of them let's if you play. do it right yeah but without that um you can just put it up on like a personal site and you could do it through other groups right businesses Groups and stuff like that. I understand some people do it on LinkedIn, although that seems just beyond the pale for me. But
0: yeah, it's a little dubious. Yeah, check out my 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 LinkedIn. I mean, are, are we talking like corporate people, right? Like they're in suits and shit, and they're like
5: not necessarily in suits,
1: not not necessarily in suits, but definitely like in a corporate office. you mm. Would be surprised how many people in business are interested in doing role playing and stuff like that. It's the same type of people that would go out into the woods and do the trust falls and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah.
1: It's all team building stuff. Dude, and, a
0: good trust fall will get me every time.
1: And you know the thing is is that a lot of people now in businesses are, you know, Gen Z millennials and they're all they're down with it, right? Mm. Some of the older folks wouldn't do it, but like now the you know, being a nerd, being a gamer is kind of the norm yeah it's kind of the norm now which is nice
0: normal uh is that a tyrannosaurus rex breathing fire
1: behind you certainly is and there's a cat on top of it
0: oh that's bad with a with a with a crossbow
1: it's got a machine gun that's
0: machine gun. (laughs) everybody sees it than me great welcome to the internet uh that's awesome that reminds me of the third edition epic level handbook there's a little bar mm. at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? And it talks about, yes. like, hey, when you get to this point in the game, understand the ridiculous nature of the encounters you're going to have.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff on our... our I'm just looking back and forth. I've got a whole bunch of weird stuff here. This, these, I did a lot of miniatures and stuff during the pandemic. Yeah. I, again, I'm an artist, so like, yeah, yeah. I crafted like, houses and miniatures Bad-ass. and stuff like that. Is that the
0: Dwarven uh, Forge stuff, or is it just something no, you made? I made that
3: out
1: of foam. Oh,
3: that's cool. Yeah, Sounds fact, like uh, that looks like something you put in the Warhammer
1: campaign.
3: Do you do the
0: Warhammer?
1: We have not done the Warhammer. Good. Uh, although yeah. I would love to get into that.
0: Fucking Warhammer. Warhammer 40k, the lore is awesome. But I'm gonna not bitch about it. What is that? Fucking I've, I've had some fun, yeah.
4: some, some fun experiences with Warhammer.
0: Well, everybody's had some fun experiences with Warhammer. I've been like, come like,
1: on, I've been kind of binging on the lore lately with Warhammer on YouTube, and I got to tell so you, it's, it's so it's good. It's so good. It's great. It just depresses me. Well, it's what the Imperium of Man is just. I mean, everybody is just shit on these hive cities. And it's well, like and they're literally
0: yeah, all men. <laughs> eat
1: your, yeah, eat your corpse starch. Come on,
0: dude. Uh yeah. so Grimdark, I'm pretty sure was was coined by Warhammer 40K. Interesting. Pretty sure. Uh what the fuck is that book with Kylo Ren on it?
1: The Star Wars Force Awakens Visual Dictionary. The Force Awakens. Alright. So we can yeah. I, I have a feeling a that... To- hey, look,
0: it was a gift, alright? It was a gift. I mean, look, Kylo Ren looks cool, and The Force Awakens is okay. We, we're going to talk about Star Wars here in a second. All right. <clears throat> Let me tell Ken. Looks like the Nocturne house. Indeed. So Ken and I made a short film. I'm an actor as well. And uh, it's called Nocturne. It will be released pretty soon on festivals, and that looks like the location. Uh, your oh. hut thing. Your Is it a log oh. cabin or is it stone? Uh
1: a wood house here that oh, i mean that's cool in. this is actually uh i give you i give you 10 get guess, two guesses what this is made out of uh you said foam it's foam but what's the base what do you think the base is
3: the
0: base of the house like the foundation
1: the, the, the box that it's made from
0: uh, uh what are they, they're not toothpicks what are they called the uh tongue depressors
1: popsicle sticks it was a Pop Tart box. <laughs> Good. Just, this is just um by the way, this is just uh the pink foam insulation that I cut up and then textured.
0: Yeah. That looks great. Do you sell that stuff? No. Um
1: I probably should at some
0: point. Why don't you sell it? I guess it takes a lot of time to do.
1: This yeah, this took a little while. The other ones didn't take as long. Got a bunch of weird stuff on here. All these big dice by the way are just from Conventions. I get, uh, this is Keith Baker's signature on my dice.
0: That's awesome. Big old dice. Look at them D&D dice. The green mean,
1: slime was made from hot glue, I think. As it should be. As it should be. I mean,
0: I, mean, I won't disparage you for loving on the d and I have a whole thing about D20. All right, Bill's favorite film to hate. It's true. I do kind of hate Star Wars now. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Um, we'll do a little bit of chat. Hey Ken, we're gonna go on a break in about two minutes, cause at least I have to pee, and we need some water. Gotta make another old fashioned. It's gonna be hilarious and awesome and great. Uh, Megan says, "I remember when you could get beaten up for liking role playing, anime, and LARPing. Me have you too. ever had some? Have you ever had that kind of experience?"
1: uh thankfully not myself but i've had a lot of people who have gone through that um and you know like i don't i don't know anybody who hasn't gone through like bullying as a kid and certainly i was i was bullied as a kid Mm. you just learn to either deal with it or be meaner
0: right right i was not bullied as a kid
3: that's you're very lucky
0: yeah i don't know i think i just ran really well like I could just got away.
1: My problem is I had a really big mouth. So I would oh. say literally what's on my mind. And oftentimes that equated to a fist in my face. Probably deserved it sometimes. But you
0: said what you meant. Time. And took it. Oh, there we go. There we go.
1: Like Lucky Strike cigarettes. I'm unfiltered.
0: <laughs> um, right. Ken, are you cool doing a... Uh... I'm talking to him through chat. Are you cool doing a break? can break now
1: yes yes we'll see i have a real genius comment but i don't think do anybody it. would get it do it
0: dude Ken, uh, Val this
1: is Godkin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope straight up punched and kicked yeah i had no filter that's what megan says
3: I feel for you anyway. too megan i get it i've been there um We're already back? Wow. I don't know. So I kinda bad. like this maybe more. Boom, we just appeared.
0: Goblinscorner.com. Guest tonight, Eric Holden.
3: GoblinsCorner.com. Yeah, this, this
0: actually looks pretty good.
3: Alright.
0: Now that I have created fashioned my old fashioned.
1: What were we talking about? We were talking about drinks in Dragon Con.
0: Mm, Dragon Con. Okay, the last – first time I went to Dragon Con, 2009, with a, uh, a friend of mine named Trish. And she did cosplay uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as Groot. Oh, that's that may have been scary. one afterwards, but I'm pretty sure it was Groot in okay. the plant, like the plant form. And she was uh, – is his name something Hogan? Is it Bill Hogan who was Colonel Ty? Is that who it was? Damn! I want to find out his name really quick. Uh, actor Car- Colonel Ty. <clears throat> he had a uh. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, where are you, sir? Michael Hogan. Michael Hogan. Anyway, 2009. That's when BSG, uh, the New Battlestar Galactica. I'm pretty sure that was the last season, or when it was really big on DragonCon. We went. She was real tight with uh, Michael Hogan. He actually went through a, uh, uh, a pretty big like health ordeal. I don't know how he's mm. doing right now.
3: Anyway, Dragon Con was awesome. Second time I went yes. with the co-creator what, of
0: Dreadlord, a dude named Ben. <clears throat> and we had a very good time. And I think I went a third time. And it was really good, but it was very, very different from 2009. Okay, so all of that is 10 years ago. When's the last time you went, and what is Dragon Con like now?
3: Well, we were there
1: last year. We'll be there this year as well. Um, I, I mean, we, we, we try to go every year. It's, it's gotten kind of crazy lately, and the biggest reason is because there's like 80,000 people hanging out. The city. see when i was there it was like 50 up, or 60 sucking up four hotels at this point uh now the good news is is that matt and i both live close enough that we can literally hop on an uber and ro- right. roll up there right but if you can't for those of you who've never been to atlanta the city is not really great for walking and mm. it's not really great for just being anywhere except like where you're supposed to be and so you got to have a hotel room and those are astronomically expensive these days yeah
0: yeah
3: I mean Atlanta is good for like uh for a lot of things. <laughs> oh yeah. Drinks. Yeah, really? Yeah, like what? great barbecue <laughs> or
1: cheese dip is number 1?
0: I mean, you have the you have the barbecue, you have the barbecue of the South, right? Do, do you have a specific like Jaljan barbecue? Is there an Atlanta barbecue?
1: Uh there's Fox Brothers, which is really good barbecue. If you like uh deep fried jalapeno peppers with cream cheese and pulled pork i mean that sounds awesome yeah it's pretty awesome we've got yeah our our, uh i think our barbecue is what is considered i'm not a barbecue expert by the way i just Mm. like to eat but i believe it's wet barbecue is the so wet barbecue yeah so all right i had an argument with a texan by the way about this because apparently in texas when you say hey do you want to go to a barbecue they mean brisket Only Whereas if you ask someone in Atlanta, do you want to go to a barbecue? Yeah. What do you want me to bring? Chips, dip, whatever. Like Barbecue for us is is word for party.
0: Ah, indeed. Well, I was going to say, so in Kentucky, which is where I have been rumored to be from, it's the same thing. That might be a South thing. I mean, you could say that Texas is the South, but Texas is Texas. Texas is Texas. Texas is South, though.
1: A little bit southern, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like saying Florida south, and it's technically the most south, but I would not consider Florida the south. Like when I go to Florida, which is not often.
1: Depends on <laughs> where in Florida. So like where? If you're looking Gulf, it's still kind of the south.
3: Mm.
1: Like it's, it's sort of Alabama-ish, and but if you go further down the. Down the actual like head of Florida, then yeah. no, it becomes New Jersey for retired people.
0: <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, Florida. I know there's some cool places in Florida. Honestly, I'm just gonna offend all sides here. I kind of feel like what I have experienced
3: of Los Angeles. Kind of like Florida. Kind of like Florida. Not as humid. Uh
0: fucking palm trees, strip malls. It's a uh, weird traffic, weird roads. Kind of the same thing. People are like, oh, what's what's Pasadena like? And I'm like, yeah, it's Florida. Imagine you're at a mall in Florida. That's pretty much it.
1: Very dusty in L. That's the one thing I noticed. It was all the dust.
0: Now, same. when were you there
1: or here? Uh, last year.
0: Oh, I mean, what time of year?
1: <clears throat> During september i believe
0: well i was here in september i have not experienced the proper spring or the beginning of the summer um and i know it was like el nino or something this year so it's it's totally different weather uh i didn't notice it being dusty per se then again i had just come from the desert so you know what i'm saying like i was
1: like this is great it's like green chitin coffee came out of the, i love it came out of the dusty trails and tumbleweeds and landed into New, the la we,
0: we went we went through the mojave not the mojave the mojave uh we saw it we saw death valley uh mm-hmm. driving there there forth um it was like 102 degrees <clears throat> which apparently is not hot uh on the road and there's there's a gas station there I unfortunately can't remember the name of the town, but it's something like – like it's not last checkpoint, but it's something along those lines. Like, like oh, no, or not the desert, whatever. <clears throat> we hit this gas station, my brother and I, and there were all of these uh, Native Americans because there's a bunch of reservations and such around there. The nicest, coolest fucking people, period. Too, super chill, very very kind, and and all these things. And we rolled up and was like, "All right, so we're going in the desert. Uh, we we are not accustomed to this. Um, is there something we should know? Because when we look on the map, it's Bring it's water. just brown. <clears throat> yeah, like <laughs> it's brown. What what do we do? And the woman goes, I can't do the accent. It's a really clear accent in in English. But she was like, "Do you have water?" Just like you said. We're like, "Yeah." She goes, "Bring more."
1: Yeah, bring more we're than you like, need. Bring sunscreen.
0: Oh shit! And we're like, "Right on." So more water. Get the water. So he gets the water. Anything else? Do you have gasoline? Yes. Get more. Okay. Get the get get that get the gasoline. So we get the, like the thing you know and fill it up. Whatever. Anything else? Because we gotta go. And she, goes, she says, respect the desert. <laughs> I was like, okay. Boom, rolled through. Don't uh, be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. We're rolling through on the highway, killing it. Uh, AC blaring We're sweating profusely,
1: right? It's a dry heat, so you're fine, right? It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. <laughs> not like Atlanta where it's, you know, it's 80 degrees and 80% humidity.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Fair enough. No one likes Atlanta. So, something we're rolling through swamp. We're rolling through. We look off to the right, which I think was north, and we see the real desert. And it is this miasma of heat and death and Yeah, that was the desert, man. It was it was no joke. Um pulled off little oasis, got some beers. Drank underneath a palm tree and realized we were going to Los Angeles. So Los Angeles wasn't really that dusty for us. We just got come out of the desert.
1: Interesting. Mm. I took a trip several years ago to uh I drove up Nevada and into Arizona in an R V. We were we're going to the Grand Canyon. And Mm. I got to see a lot of desert uh during that time. It was it was interesting. Very hot. Uh (laughs) yeah. I learned a lot about Driving an RV that I realize that the van life is not for me. I prefer... I would much rather like be in a tent and not in an RV, or in a hotel. Uh, Either of those. Being in a cramped, sweaty, swampy vehicle is not fun.
0: Yeah, as Megan says, bog people are no joke. This is true. DJ NoFly, drive at night. Truth, truth. The thing about driving at night is... uh. You know, we were awake in the day,
1: so we're like, "What are we gonna do? We need to get through this shit." That's when you get abducted in the desert. At night. Yeah, that's when all the UFOs come out, right? They don't abduct <laughs> anybody in the daytime. Really want to be Lord. driving and have a, a close encounter with the third kind, dude? I would do it.
0: All right, professional DM. We've talked about let's play. Um, your book. You have a book coming out. Tell us about it.
1: It's called Ludicrous Bestiary, and it is uh, many of the monsters that we have talked about over the years, we are coming out with a monster book. It'll be Mm. originally for 5th edition, and we're also going to adapt it for Cypher System and several other... uh, The
0: Cypher System. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. We talked about Money
1: Cook. Go on. Go on, Money Cook. So they're all ridiculous monsters. Some of them are uh, really terrifying, like a massive flying sea cucumber that spits out kraken can you say that again a massive flying sea oh. cucumber with wings okay that spits out kraken
0: i think you said an ass of <laughs> oh <laughs> continue
1: we also have uh things like a cat that turns you to stone and that's all cats okay all cat. well this one if it shows you its butt it shows you the <laughs> star-shaped in it oh no, mineral links
0: is it is- is it a normal...
1: <laughs> Is it it's ludicrous for a reason, by the way. I literally... So Matt and I love making monsters. We come up with just ridiculous... Feel free to look at the... uh Our playlist of creatures. And we're putting them to book. Yeah. Now, uh, how are you summer. doing the art? Drawing it. I, I, I'm a you professional artist. It. Yeah, I'm an artist by yeah. trade. So uh, I'm not a great illustrator, but I... I'm a whiz at Photoshop, so I'll figure something out. Mm. And then You're right, right on. We, we thought about maybe running a Kickstarter once we get maybe one out and see if we can drum up some <clears> interest <throat> for an illustrator to help out. But we're still kind of small right now and figure get this book out. We've got a couple other ones planned as well. We've got an NPC book planned as well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That is a good resource, especially setting specific and all that kind of stuff.
1: NPCs um, are so easy to make but mm, hard to make right in many cases.
0: Uh like you can make an NPC that no one likes but they should like and then when they kill them
1: that's a the plot point. You there you know. go. Now you can't yeah. do that. Now, now his brother comes for revenge. That's right. They, that's right. Bring him up. So he so how do you kid. go about
0: <laughs> how do you uh how do you go about making the NPCs? How are you going about? Tell me all about your books.
1: How, do I, how are we making the NPCs? Yeah. Most of them are being mainlined directly from our brains, our collective uh ideas. Using
0: 5th um, edition rules.
1: Uh yeah, we're going to we're going to do several different editions, but uh unfortunately it is what it is with 5e, that's what most people play, and so that's what uh we've had people ask for predominantly. But I
3: mean, there's having also a people lot of interest in it.
1: Is great. Yeah, always a good thing, right? We're here. We're here for it to help people out Um, in terms of like how we're making them. You know, Matt literally has a binder that he just writes ideas when he's at work.
5: Well, and
1: yeah. And so it's just putting it down, getting some illustrations to faces, getting some interesting story quirks, along with a little bit of history behind the NPCs. Mm. And then it's really just a matter of, like, how much do we actually want to put down? Are you both programmers? No. No? Not at all. What is the what is the day job? My day job is I'm a designer. I'm a user experience designer, specifically.
0: Well, UXUI is close to... I mean, it's on the... it's,
1: it's are like you dealing programming with apps and shit? Yeah. I, I, as I mentioned, I work for a monolithic corporation uh, making... Uh, Do you use Swift? No, I I do not program. I design in Figma or uh, XD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I also manage others that design.
0: Right on, right on. Well, I wouldn't call Swift particularly programming. Ah, 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 Sick burn. I mean, I've been using VBA lately. I've noticed, seems a lot of gamers are also into the tech field.
1: That seems pretty straightforward yeah why is that well it's i mean you could say nature versus nurture on that it's most creatives tend to play games and most people who are highly analytical like programmers or tend to be highly analytical generally like to play games because a lot of games are either developed by them or they're you know uh they it's it, the same kind of mentality tends to float together very well. So the
0: connotation of a gamer is generally like, think of a Mr. Potato Head with a neck beard, And the connotation of, the stereotype, I should say, of a programmer,
3: of which I am, is uh, a white dude who like, doesn't he just really like to hear their own voice, which might also be true. Anyway, what I'm trying
0: to say is, it seems that a lot of gamers, which are every kind of person, right? They still have a tech basis. I mean, this is this is a complete off-the-wall, I've been drinking too old-fashioned thought. There's no Evidence whatsoever in this, but does any of that ring true? And 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 why? It see, it, seems, it seems
1: yeah. Oh, well, all right. Let's break that down then. So traditionally, if you were a gamer, you, you either were a console gamer or you had to build your own PC. Right. And you know, most of the time, if you were really into gaming, we're not talking about Twitch streamers or anything like that. But if you were really into gaming then you probably built your own PC or you bought a PC yeah, so there's yeah, yeah. some technical proficiency that comes along with being a gamer unless you're an Xbox kid right in which case you you know can scream into the void at a 12 year old cool good for you but most gamers you know <laughs> have some kind of technical proficiency you know what even with an Xbox you got to know how to when it screws up you got to know how to fix it right so you're or you're you a you're a it.
0: you're a mouse and keyboard guy i see
1: well yeah i like my twitch game although i did recently buy a uh updated and bought a new playstation to play uh, cyberpunk 2027 because uh, i didn't feel like building a system to play it and particularly since it from all everything i read on reddit it played like dog shit on a pc anyway so i was like Mm -hmm. well i will just spend a few hundred bucks and play it on a playstation
0: as a side note uh my girlfriend uh who is a millennial as well just a little bit younger of millennial um was like oh yeah i just got uh a present for myself i was like oh what what was it she said a fucking nintendo 64 and i was like what What? why do you got an n64 dude and she was like goldeneye i was like oh shit so we threw down some goldeneye goldeneye sucks y'all like i don't know if you've played in a while but like you're like this is hard and it's when it's in that uh, first-person shooter era where you could have every weapon, like you couldn't have just two. There's no realism. You could have like, you know, the Kalashnikov, the fucking rocket launcher, the knife, the whatever, the club. Anyway, aside finished. Ken says done both. No Xbox. Yeah. What was your last console?
1: Uh. For me, the last console was a PS2. It's, ooh. No, P, a PS3. It was a PS3.
0: PS3. So, yeah, PS3. I skipped,
1: PS, I skipped the PS4 and then after that, if I wanted to play games, I just I built a gaming rig and just played whatever the hell I wanted.
0: Um, so you are a video gamer? Yes. Mm-hmm. As well as a tabletop role player gamer?
1: Yes. Now I do look for different, slightly different things in my games when I play like a uh, a video game versus a tabletop game. Okay. Generally, well, I generally look at uh, video games much like I look at television escapism. So I don't mm. generally watch like my wife will watch all of these really gritty crime dramas. I don't care yeah. about any of that stuff because I don't want to be disturbed that's... by something that's too close to real life. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here watching thing. some. I'm watching some ridiculous shonen anime, you know, that's that's off the <laughs> chain, like some JoJo's bizarre adventure or fairy tale, because I want to be entertained, right? I'm and so right. for video games, it's the same way. I want some kind of ridiculous, crazy stuff that I'm playing. So I'll play either just uh, a fun, like like I played the hell out of Skyrim because okay, yeah, it, this is the Elder Scrolls, reality. right? Yeah, Skyrim yeah. was great. I, I played every single module that it came with and DLC. Mm. Um, I like Cyberpunk because I can spend an hour or two playing it and then I can put it down. Because, mm. As you're well aware, you know, when you're doing a podcast, a weekly podcast or weekly show, guess what? You don't have as much time as you thought you did. Plus, I'm a homeowner and my house is constantly falling around apart around, around me, yes, a indeed. 1950s house, so I have to also fix things.
0: Well, it's that it's that uh, acidic Atlanta air,
1: smog in Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised. Or the water,
0: <laughs> or the water. It's the katsu, man. Jesus, it smells like katsu in
1: Atlanta, Georgia. Pretty much all of Georgia. Wait until you know you should come for pollen season someday. No. Have you ever <laughs> no. seen pictures of pollen season? It no, I have not. It starts around March, April, May, right in springtime, and you literally can see it fall, descending dust. Oh, yeah it's all it's awesome if you don't have allergies you will by the end of pollen
0: <laughs> uh, i used to live in savannah which i don't really consider a part of georgia
1: Almost of scad and vampires
0: yeah dude scad like so you've been there
1: once or twice yes yeah actually we uh, did a vampire party there once
0: really like yes. a vampire larp or a vampire party
1: they thought they were vampires but it, it we went down there with i went down there with my friends just to see what it was like it was like a goth club type thing but they, Eric, uh, they I, think, all... I
0: think we need more information tell
1: us so uh i'm just gonna name who it was but yeah tell uh, us
0: everyone's fucking name i want their socials
1: I, I was invited to go to a party with some friends of mine uh that i had known online and and by the way this is something that I think the uh, the Gen Z generation doesn't get too much of, is you should have friends that you know online and you have some friends that you know in person, but the people that you know online, nine times out of 10, you probably should never meet them in real life. This would be <laughs> weird, right? You got to really vet these people, guys. Sure, sure. So this was a little bit before that, right? This is this is in the MySpace time. That
5: That's you. about
0: when I was in, uh savannah 2003
1: 45 okay yeah so that was about right around then uh and i uh holy shit was I at this party i I don't know i don't know i got invited to go down at it happened to be uh one of the individuals was part of a coven oh this sounds really interesting so i called my buddy up he's like you want to go hang out with some vampires hang out yeah (laughs) so we did drove down to savannah hung out for the weekend with a bunch of vampires it was great no we need more to continue i mean it, they thought <laughs> i don't know if they really were or they just thought they were or it was like a uh you know some sort of sorcerer society or something like that but it was a it was a delight at a they, great they, time did they do what
0: normal vampire larps do and meet during the day
1: they met in the evening at sundown okay and uh we hung out and drank we got to sit on the beach what'd you drink Blood. I drink gin and tonics. Oh, I didn't drink any blood. Sorry. I,
3: right, mean, I shut don't you down about it that. It yeah,
1: until you, until I'm not it. saying I wouldn't do it if I, you know, depends on how hammered I was at the time. I probably would have tried it, but not really. So you went, like you
0: went to the, you went to the island. I forget the name of the island. It's the island that they all go to.
1: Not yeah, the vampires. I everyone. I don't remember what it was.
0: Because it, it's not in Savannah. It's it's. It Tybee. It's, yeah, it's Tybee. That's it.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so you go to tidy.
0: And they got the, the weird fucking cross currents that you're not supposed to get. The Riptides. Okay. Tybee Island. Um, they hung out on the beach. I mean, how did you know there were vampires?
1: I didn't. They said they were. And I just assumed, you know, look, hey, I'm not here to judge. If you want like to say that are intru- a vampire. They, they introduced the themselves.
0: It, oh, they had it, fangs. It, All right. It, I, need, well, I need details. I need details. They had implants
1: it was In implants it was this whole social thing yeah it's all kinds of fun people who are into strange and unusual things and this did they have did they have like that were
0: the were the fangs on their canines or were they the weird vampires that had them like closer to their front teeth
1: no they had them on their they had them on their canines
0: and they wore them or they literally had implants
1: i don't know if they were implants or whether they wore them or not but what yeah, Actually, they're delightful cool. to hang out with, though. I tell you this, you know, you think, oh wait, they're not going to bite me or something. No, no, they just, they just <laughs> wanted to hang out. I don't know how they, I don't know why they thought I was part of this, but I wasn't. Now, but hey,
0: now, now I will say that was that was literally twenty years ago. Have you not gone back?
1: I haven't, and I well I've often wondered what if you know, if they've aged well. No. first off,
3: no, I haven't. mean they don't age. The vampires.
1: Theoretically, if they were real vampires, if they're fake vampires, or if they're just like you know, what is it some sort of like fetish or something like that? Then it might have been you know they're just regular people. Vampires,
0: that Megan help. Megan, do you know? Surely, because Los Angeles is like the, the modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, there's everything here, literally everything here, and that's actually something that's really cool about Los Angeles. And Megan knows everything. So Megan, where are the vampires? <laughs> Uh, Megan says, I've been told that I don't age. You basically don't age. I hadn't seen Megan for... This is totally off-topic. I hadn't seen Megan for 10 years. We kept in touch. Hadn't seen her. Roll downtown. It wasn't downtown. It was uh, Hollywood, which I don't think is downtown. It's not downtown. Anyway,
1: roll downtown. There's got to be some vampires in in Hollywood. There's got to be some fucking Hollywood vampires. Certainly some goths. Nothing
0: else. There's definitely goths. Uh, A place called Bordner's which is, I don't even know what that means. Anyway, Megan rolls up and I'm like, you look exactly the same. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, she might be a vampire.
1: Yeah, or she moisturizes.
0: Or she moisturizes. Okay, so Xbox Video Gamers versus TTRPGers. This is actually a conversation I would love to have. So I don't know a lot about video games. Uh, the last video game that I played. Uh, what was the last video game you played?
3: Uh, probably God of War Ragnarok. Okay. What is that? Is that that's a, C, uh,
0: it's, a PC? It's the game God right? of
1: War. Yeah, it's like the God of War series. So this guy Kratos, he's a Greek. He kills a bunch of gods. You really don't mm-hmm. need to know anything else about it. He's he's Eternally pissed off, and he eventually kills Mars because uh, Mars Goddamn. killed his family. Yeah, well, okay. or tricked him into killing his family. But mm-hmm. he goes to the north and hangs out with a bunch of Vikings. So as you that's kind of how. Yeah, as you do. And yeah. he has a son who's half-god. As you do. Yeah. Like you do, yeah. and it's, So it's just playing as that. It's fun. It's kind of frivolous, ridiculous violence.
0: mm I think that I used the soundtrack for the first one for a long time in my D&D games. It was like Queen of Hell or something was one, one of my favorite tracks uh, that I just. What's the word I'm looking for? There's an adverb, inter-adverb used a lot. Didn't stream it because, you know, you get the content strike. Okay, that's the last game, video game you played, God of War, Ragnarok. So my last video game that I actually played that I can remember uh was Castlevania 3 for the NES. <clears throat> Which by the way,
5: that
1: Symphony played... of the Night? No, so that was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Castlevania 3 was uh was that Trevor Belmont? It was tr- God damn. Okay. Okay. I might have played that game as well. And Which, you're right way, complete, go for it. complete railroading Do it. side Do it. idea. The, I don't know if you've seen the Castlevania cartoon. Fucking fire.
0: We're yeah. we're dude, we're on we're on you take the words from my mind. I needn't speak again.
1: Written by uh, Warren exactly. Ellis, by the way, that first season. Warren Ellis so, is a great comic book author. So you're stealing kind of my thunder, person. Eric. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> also kind of a shitty person, by the way. I heard a lot of, about him, but Tell me about really
0: it. Well. Tell tell us about it. We I've, what's his dude, name again?
1: Warren Ellis. Damn What 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 did he do? Uh he he was he was an asshole to people. Oh. Pretty much, he was abusive. Like just an asshole, or? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know the full specs of it. I think he was abusive or what something to other people. I do know that he wrote Transmetropolitan, which is an amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah Homage to Hunter S. Thompson, which by yep. the way I have cosplayed at Okay. At. Yeah, I was I Spider, I was spider Jerusalem. It. I can
0: see it. Do you have the the glasses handy?
1: Yeah, Uh, not with me, but I have them somewhere.
0: So Megan and our old acquaintance, we shall call it, introduced me to – I called him D. Uh, She'll know who I'm talking about. Introduced me to both of those those, those people, Hunter S. Thompson, as well as Transmetropolitan.
1: Hunter S. Thompson, by the way. Very Gonzo journalist.
0: He is the Gonzo journalist. i was the the Gonzo journalist. Yeah, what was the actual character's name? Do you remember? Or I don't. Yeah, like the actual like it was the impersonation of him. I thought it had a name. It wasn't Gonzo.
1: Oh, I don't I don't remember what he called himself when he was doing his his things. I've read a lot of his you know, I've read like Fear and Loathing* and the Rome Diaries and stuff like that, but um is yes, he is from Kentucky. Absolutely.
0: Yeah so uh ken has talked about this quite a bit uh when he is on he's he's usually chatting about gonzo journalism and that kind of uh get into the visceral uh journalism anyway where the fuck was i wow great You're talking stream. about games talking about games talking about video gamers and TTRPGers. the last game i played was castlevania 3 i beat it I beat it with Cyphus, Cypha. It's the it's the the mage. Mm-hmm. And in the NES version, so the 8-bit version, you don't actually know that Cypha is a woman. Like it never explicitly says it. It's like the big and reveal
1: then, when Samus is a is takes off the helmet and No, there there is no reveal. Oh, there's just you just know that you just think Cypha is a when she when she gets hurt she goes "Eh."
0: and you're like oh she's a mage or it's a mage like you don't know anyway i fucking defeated that game my point of saying this is (sighs) video games are not my strong suit ttrpgs far more into it it seems as though there are people of course you can have people that do both of course but it seems like people do one more or they do the other
3: more. Your thoughts? I would agree with that.
1: I think most people, well, there's two types of people. Uh, video games are mostly designed to be entertained. So they're not, I would, I consider them to be brain candy, right? Much like TV. Mm. Whereas storytelling, which is what all TTRPGs are, is. Active, like a participating um art, right, and so you know sometimes you're in the mood to be entertained, sometimes you're in the mood to create something i I liken you know dming to painting a picture, which I do, uh or any other creative pursuit, and so I would probably say there's a lot more gamers than tabletop players just because of that because mm.
3: it's more accessible,
1: people, yeah, it's more accessible for people uh you know. One of the things about tabletop games that I've found is it can be somewhat inclusive to, and I don't mean inclusive as in accepting, but like inclusive as in there's like a set amount of people and they kind of ostracize others. And one of the things I like about, and this is why we we do a lot of stuff with Fits Editions, because it was one of the first game systems that you saw kind of open up to everybody, right? I kind of mm. blame, I kind of blame a lot of critical role stuff for that, right? Because they started streaming and everyone got interested into it, and then the movie, sure.
2: yep. Baldur's Gate well, game
1: come out. Now, Baldur's Gate now is introducing people into tabletop games because they're like, man, I really love this video game, I want to yep. do this, on a on a game, and so that's kind of cool, right? To get everybody, into it. But traditionally, it wasn't really. You, know, you had to know someone who played it, yeah. instead of. Now you can just now you can get on RPG match and literally go find a group to play with.
3: Unfortunately, it's Dungeons and Dragons, or D20.
1: Yes, for the most part, but there's you can lot disagree of, with me. <laughs> well, you know, I would say then I'd say ninety percent of it's D20 based, at least.
0: But I'm saying, unfortunately.
1: It depends on what you're looking for. Again, like, uh, we we have a great uh relationship with RPG match. They uh match people to all kinds of games and some of the games they have are not. Some of them are like I said, you know, like just uh six sided systems or even mm. if you want to play something like Deadlands, which uh what is it? Never... Deadlands? Oh, it's Wild West in the eighteen hundreds after the Civil War, but there's magic. Oh, that's and cool. Crazy rifts in Nevada like basically the grand canyon expanded and california broke off it's it's ridiculous it crazy yeah as it does there's demons all kinds of fun stuff so i mean Dude. but that's a d6 based system i believe or d6 is one cards, of my favorite i love d6. As well yeah so there's there's all kinds of games out there that people write there's d10s right. that are a lot of fun too right you can do uh two d10 systems are exist and hmm. you can find people to play that stuff. It's one of the reasons now, when I'm you, running the White Wolf game now.
0: When you say when you say two D ten, you're talking about D hundred or two D ten?
1: Either D hundred or there's also two D tens where you just roll two D tens and those are success based games.
0: Right. Okay. So <clears throat> one of the reasons that we created Dread Lore was because we wanted to have to we wanted a system that was going to highlight collaborative storytelling and specifically immersive playing, right? So it's a system where you using your character gets you into the fiction. And by getting into the fiction, you are rewarded by the system as well as in the group.
3: What possessed you and Matt to... Does it go by Matt or Matthew? Matt. Matt.
0: To did you create a system or have you expanded on a system or is it, it tell us
1: you mean with what we're writing yep no we we're we just to be perfectly honest we don't really care about rules mm. and it, and as a game creator i'm sure that probably isn't the thing you want to hear but
0: no i'm an arbiter I, or i'm a GM. i hate rules
1: yeah it, rules tend to suck uh because here's the thing This is the thing, this is kind of my whole philosophy about tabletop games. The rules really only exist to tell the story. And if they don't tell the story properly, fuck the rules. Um, Now, there are some people that live by the rules, which is fine. And you got to have some rules so that you at least can play the game fairly for everyone. But the rules at its basis are just a system to let everybody know, all right, here's what we're doing. Mm. there's lots of tabletop games that don't even use dice rolls it gives and you, you structure play, yeah you could play i mean i've played what is it um it's a pirate game we played at dragon con a couple of years ago where literally you just rock paper scissor to see if oh you yeah want. dude
0: uh back and, in the day old cool. old world of darkness larps uh it was rock paper scissors as well
1: yeah so i mean uh you know go with the style of game mechanics that work for you I'm much more interested in, does the game system have a good story? Does it allow players' agency to create the world? And mm. is it just really interesting? Like, you know, is, is, is it a cool world, right? Like, a lot of the reason why people like D&D, for example, is because it's got 50 years of history. Right. So there's something for everyone. Uh, same thing with, like, Shadowrun. Shadowrun's been around for People love Shadowrun. Which, if if you've never played Shadowrun, it's Cyberpunk with Magic. It's Cyberpunk with Magic, right? Yeah, it's great. You can get troll with, with, you know, like a data jack. Oh. There's other game systems that are like that as well. Getting other players to play something that is um, either new or different, it can be a challenge. Uh, Mm. One of the interesting games we reviewed was Old Gods of Appalachia. (laughs) Which is... 1920s depression era in west virginia lovecraft dude. and it's super cool dude so
3: okay
0: video gamers or video games are more for or in your in in your paradigm are more for uh escapism like entertainment it's sort of spoon yeah, enter- fed. They're
1: entertainment for me
0: yeah ttrpgs what's that
1: i mean that's that's the creative outlet right there that's that's to play to create to either make characters and dive into somebody else's world or if i'm running it to you know add on or create my own game world
0: uh do you think there's a right and wrong way to do these things
1: uh, well, no, I, I, let me preface that by saying mm. there's no wrong way to play a game provided everyone is having fun playing it. Okay. And I'd say the cardinal rule of don't be an asshole you know, exists. There's, I, I do read, I, I frequently read it occasionally and listen to like the, uh, the DM horror stories where mm. you've got people, it, it, all of this, by the way, comes down to a lack of communication on either who's playing or who's running. But if well, you have you that could, understanding,
0: you could say that about anything. many disagreements, yeah.
1: I would agree with that as well. Yeah. It all comes down again on communication, right?
3: Mm.
1: Most Continue. of the time when people have problems playing a game, it's either because they don't understand something or because something isn't expected, or it mm. just didn't talk, right? So like we had a we had a game several years ago where Someone wanted to play something. It was completely off the wall. Mm. In fact, we streamed it, and they wanted to play uh, an elf and dragon hybrid. And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it, right?" And most people would be like, "No way, you can't play. That that doesn't exist in the books." But we were like, "What's it going to hurt, right? It doesn't. So long as you don't try to like abuse that, you know, you could play it. And if if it was specifically for flavor, sure. We've changed rules up and stuff." playing games as well. One of my players wanted to use crystals instead of uh, somatic uh, components and material. Right. Yeah. So she just said some words, cost a crystal, and shattered it, and that summoned, cre- she was a summoner, right? Sure. And we thought, yeah, sure. You could substitute that. And so we just say a uh, certain amount of gold piece per level to do that. If there was a material cost in the spell, there you go, right? Mm. And we just home so- ruled that right then and there. So it's interesting
0: people get into the minutiae of these things, um, which I think is a good thing. Because like anyone who's super interested in a hobby uh, and people people that are interesting are, have hobbies, right? Uh, a hobby being defined as a job that you don't get paid for.
1: Majority of your time sink.
0: <clears throat> right. So the idea of like, you, you, if you're not in that hobby and you see them doing it, it seems so complicated and complex, and it's, it's sometimes difficult to even fathom getting into. To people that are not into tabletop role-playing games, so TTRPGs, talking about the cost of crystals in terms of gold pieces, that's, that's a difficult thing to, to, to figure out. Like How is that a story? How is that fun? Why does it matter that she has, you know, tiger's eye that she's breaking versus fucking selenite? Like, who gives a shit, right?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. I would say for anyone who's never played a game, like say you want to say you play Baldur's Gate and you want to jump into TTRPGs or whatever, right? Jump in and play any game. It, you have to understand all of it is just telling a story with your friends or people that you will be your friends at some point hopefully. And the rules determine whether something occurs or doesn't. After that, nothing else matters, right? The rules are made to make the story go easier. So for example, um oh, I don't know. No one's ever done movement speed right in a in a tabletop game. Right? Most people, for example, you can move 30 feet in a round. Okay, what's a round? Well, a round is either three or six seconds. Okay, cool. Okay. You know anybody that can move faster than 30 feet in six seconds? Running. I, mean,
0: I, I mean, I can. You can, right. of course.
1: Right. I've seen you. But it's just the standard measurement, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, the rules don't exist to be real, you know? I mean, you're playing – in fact, most people play games where they're flying around and throwing fireballs or, you know m- – Fighting monsters. Monsters don't exist. Orcs aren't real. Neither are elves. Right? Yeah. Fuck them. Play whatever you want.
0: There's there's and there's a couple points. Go on. Go on. Continue.
1: I, so so my my point being is is that um if if you're new to the rules and you don't understand how this is interesting, the interesting part about it is is how can you use what exists in the rules to make the story or your character or something you're doing interesting. Mm-hmm and fun if it's not fun that's when people get into problems with tabletop games and that's hmm. when i would say hey take a look at the rule if it doesn't work for your table don't use it right
2: so this is, the home intent is to
1: have fun yeah. yeah well the intent is to have fun and there's been homebrewing since the first game came out
0: homebrewing's fine homebrewing's fine i have no problem with homebrew although there is the idea so when you're creating a game system such as, turns out I've done with Dreadlore. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> when you're creating a game system, there's the question of, okay, well, why do you have races? And why do the races have bonuses mm-hmm. over other races? Because what does that say? You see what I'm saying? You get into like cultural issues. Why do you have an initiative role? Like, why do you roll for initiative? these are things that D does it's it's the first real game tabletop mm-hmm. role playing game and it's what it does so you mimic it um arguably one of my my buddies he was a former guest on here uh jeff mcneil <clears throat> influenced Dreddler quite a bit he said why do you have an initiative role and i was like what do you mean dude so that you know who goes when and he was like why and i thought about it and i said. I don't know why the fuck we have an initiative role. Like, why do we have initiative roles? I mean, if there's the or you, you can make excuses for it, but actually, it's because D&D has it, and so you need it. Why do you have classes? Why do you have levels? Why do you have a to hit? Like, all of these things start being questioned uh, when you start really thinking about game design. What is my point? Is the purpose... To have fun.
3: I don't think so. If that isn't the purpose,
1: why are you playing tabletop games?
3: I don't think it's the purpose.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. So, well, when, what would you say the purpose of tabletop games is?
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Socratic method the shit out of this. All right. So, what makes the what makes tabletop role-playing games, TTRPGs? video games,
3: what makes them important?
1: Oh, you want me to answer that? Uh what makes them important is that humans like to tell stories because right. they see themselves in the story. Alright. Like, like, Does that need to be we are a narrative species, yeah. Does that need to be fun? It doesn't have to be well <gasps> yes. I would say Uh, yeah. And let me tell you why. Hold on. It does need to be fun. Now, fun doesn't mean they get everything that they want. Fun could Mm -hmm. also mean your characters are being tortured slowly and you're playing a horror game or you are – Which can be fun. That can be fun. Which could be – right. That could be fun. There are people that think that's Yeah. But if it's not fun, then it's not a game. Games, by their nature, are challenging. They mm. generally uh require thinking mm. uh many and tabletop games are based off of role playing which are storytelling, so there's challenges and stories, and they involve people and yeah, that's fun all uh, right it's so, very nature that's fun,
0: okay, so i'm gonna pick and choose here, pick and choose i'm gonna be a little semantic, but it's the reason is 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 to dig at something. And I wonder what your perspective is on it. Um, role playing versus telling a story, I would argue, are different things. I think that they, they can overlap, but I think they are two different things. Do you agree or disagree with that? And what? And how?
1: Uh, telling a story is the story. Usually telling a story, whether it's collaborative like a or not. Okay, a work of, writing a work of fiction is usually done by a single person. Okay. And tabletop games are based off of the uh, element of childlike play. If you mm. watch kids, uh. you will watch them play together and build a world collaboratively. Play. That is the, that is the different, yes. And play, by its nature, is fun. Truth. Also, okay. by the way, improv is based off of collaborative play, play as well. Indeed, so, I was about yeah. to connect it. Improv so, and D and D are pretty much the same. The only difference is I don't roll dice when I come up with shit.
0: Uh, DJ No Fly says it's it's also hard to get into the story from the outside.
1: It's true. It that is. Telling a story and reading a story, you are an outside spectator trying to associate. With whatever characters the author writes, right? So if you're an author of a book, you're telling a story about some dude or some, you know, person or whatever. They have to, you have to make that person identifiable somehow with characteristics or something for the people reading it, right? That's tough. You have to sell it to them, right? Whereas if I'm making a story with a bunch of people that I know, or even if I don't know them, right, then they're auto, they're automatically invested in that story because they're building it with me. That makes it much more interesting for them because anything that you make with someone else is, is waived. You're invested automatically by doing it, right? That act of doing makes it worthwhile, even if it's just a boring story. Like, how many times have you DM'd a game where they gone into a dungeon or they went and fought a monster?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've done it thousands of times, and yet every single battle is different because of how people react, because people are unique.
0: And yet, and yet, with these epic stories or perhaps just harrowing stories, have you ever actually enjoyed listening to someone else tell you about their game or what their character did that one time?
1: Ev. Yes, <laughs> but I also really happened. love games. Yeah, I, it happens. Yeah, frequently. People it does not about, happen like, the frequently they had. for me.
0: Some point, like, we'll be talking about, like, something obvious, like The Curse of Strahd, so Ravenloft, mm-hmm. right? So, we'll be like, oh, yeah, we did this and this and this. You know, we rolled in, and I think I'm actually talking about a guest right now. Hilarious. He was like, oh, yeah, we rolled in. We, we, uh, it was Huffaker. It was the last fucking episode. So, Daniel Huffaker, I'm going to call him the fuck out. He is a consummate DM, okay? Very good. Storyteller, very good DM. So or- organizer, orchestrator. As a player, I
3: postulate that DMs are not the best players. Thoughts? It depends on the DM. So think this is what I think. Go on.
1: Why? Yeah, I'm interested in why you would think that.
0: Oh, because of experience. Uh, DMs are usually in control, and we're very mental. We think about what needs to happen. Um, We think about the environment, the volcano. We figure out the riddle. And oftentimes the riddle is simple enough to where a group of people can figure it out. So a DM who's a player obviously, or usually knows the rules very well. They know what they're playing. They know the class slash archetype that they're playing. They know how to fold all of that in. They know how to take leverage all of that ultimate power and break the game
1: they can and many times many dms do that when they play as a character
0: and that's what i mean so daniel hofker was like oh yeah i'm gonna play this character rolled into the curse of strahd and just fucking solved it was like guys we need to do this shit and they rolled in and destroyed strahd if anyone wants to know the bad guy Dracula. Uh, in like two rounds
1: and that's how you don't play a role-playing game and they were like you,
0: fucking level often, eight they're like level yeah. eight or nine and they just fucking rickrolled the main guy
1: so let me postulate this for you this is something okay. that i've noticed so i'm not a stand-up comedian i know a bunch of stand-up comedians stand-up comedians sell themselves right they have to they have to get the audience to like them but mm. i'm on stage i'm with a group of people it doesn't matter how bad I fail because I know that someone else is going to back me up.
3: This is improv stuff.
1: Improv, yeah. We're a team. Yeah. Um, the best improviser is the one who knows when they shouldn't be front and center and they should be mm-hmm. supporting other people in the scene. Mm. d or any tabletop game, is a lot like that. And I think a lot of players, and DMs particularly, can get a lot of knowledge and a lot of use out of some improv lore because... As a DM, if I'm playing a character, I played a game with a friend of mine who runs the podcast, and I was playing a wizard, which is something you never want me to play in a D and D game because I'm, I will you know destroy it. the game you know with it. a wizard. Yeah,
0: yeah. Third Ed, but, you're gonna have a fucking item familiar. I understand. Oh. I know what's up. Yeah,
1: is. yeah. I can, I can wreck a game. But I knew that some of the people had never played before. Some of them were, uh, you know, I'd say mid-level. And some of them, a couple of them knew what they were doing, right? This was a brand new uh, uh, module that they were running. It didn't matter, right? I kind of figured out what was going on. But I could have beaten it, but that wouldn't have been very fun for anybody, right? And so instead, I played my character like I didn't know stuff. Because my character (gasps) didn't know stuff. I knew stuff, right? So I'm not I'm not my character. If I'm if I'm breaking, are actually
0: role playing.
1: I'm actually role playing, and in addition to that, I knew when to jump in at a certain point to help other players. And mm. you know what? We all had a great time, and it's because we supported each other. Because it wasn't about me winning. There's no winning in this game. If you play were to break Strahd two or three rounds. Congratulations! You've you've now successfully pissed everybody else off and. They all feel bad about it. Instead, you've beaten gonna, the numbers. Yeah, you've beaten the numbers. Good job. You figured a problem out. That's mm. not what this game's about. The game is to have... The the intent has always been to have fun and a story with other people.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go back to the fun thing. I don't think it's about fun.
1: Now, you've made
0: a pretty good case. Play. Play and fun. This is a semantic thing. The reason I throw it out here is because in conversations i've had with with game system theory people right so game design theory mm-hmm. type stuff a lot of people throw out <clears throat> fiction narrative story fun but it's almost like catchalls and these definitions um they almost like mean the same thing they're like oh if you're having fun it's fine I take gaming, I think it's elevated. It's not a false ele- elevation. It's not a false elevation either. Because when you're in a game that sucks, you know it sucks. Well, why does it suck? If there's, if, if you oh, just do whatever you want. It's like, well, is, is the way you go, then it should always be good. And is good defined by everyone having fun? No. I've been at a gaming table where everyone is enjoying themselves. And I'm like, fuck this game.
1: This game sucks. And then everybody wasn't enjoying themselves. If you weren't having fun, touche,
0: touche, touche. So,
1: you this, logic person. So if if you're if you're not having fun, there's something wrong with the game, right? Now, it depends on what people determine fun to be. Some people like to have a very linear game that they play, right, where they mm. go through this, they do this, all that down. And that's them is fun. Some people like more of an open world where they just do whatever and they don't like constraints. And sometimes it's fun to play with constraints, right? I mean, that's why people write modules. Otherwise, you wouldn't have modules. You just have lore books where people do anything.
0: Can you so define fun?
1: Um, yeah. I know that, that's a
0: stupid question. I, I don't even know if I can define fun, honestly. But I would, I would say, is it possible to do so?
1: I would say in the terms of tabletop games, it's Everyone at the table is enjoying what they're doing. Mm. They're ha- they're enjoying playing the characters. They're en- excuse me. They're enjoying uh, being in the moment in the scene. It is it's a relationship. An- it's a relationship.
0: Okay. There, okay. There, you have a group of people that fill the fill in the gaps here. You have a group of people at the table. What? Mm-hmm. Well, and this is fun. Let's describe it.
1: Okay. Uh, Storytellers tell a story. The people are involved. They Mm. are into their characters. The rule system is either simple enough or complex enough to accommodate what they want to do. Same headspace. Yeah, they're in the same headspace. They're in the same same headspace, same agenda. Everyone's in sync. The act of play and the act of creation is engaged. Mm. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's that engaged. That equals fun.
0: Okay. Equals so fun, fun is the goal. It's not enjoyment. I know I'm, I'm being really nitty gritty here, like a math problem. All of those
3: things need to be going on. Yeah. And, and the
1: thing is, is that, you know, it's not. If you, if you play with it with a goal in mind, you're probably not going to have. Fun.
0: Really? When you're in an improv group. And you're on stage, you don't have a goal?
1: Ever. In fact, the first rule of improv is don't think. As soon as Does you Does that mean as soon as you start trying to trying to box things up and not make yourself open, being in the moment, that is when it no longer is fun on stage. And interestingly hmm. enough, it's never funny as well.
0: Hmm. Fair enough. Interesting.
1: Interesting. I would I would would test people who write stories or storytell in general think of the rules as ways to help characters versus boxing them now boxing them in is fun sometimes too but you have to if you can't so in storytelling there's that suspension of disbelief right right why do we why do we like this tv show like back to star wars or why do i like the mandalorian because mandalorian is badass right he comes in he grabs somebody he's got baby yoda who doesn't love baby yoda right I want a baby Yoda. But <laughs> that suspension of disbelief, you can you can relate to that person. If I can't relate to my character that I'm playing or the story that someone's telling or we're all telling together, I'm not having fun. When that relationship, because it's all about relationships. Guess what human society's based off of relationships. These games we do, again, role playing games, improv comedy, it's all based on when you were a kid. Playing in a sandbox with your friend. The only difference is that now we've got a couple of rules. Guess what? Kids make up rules all the time, too. They say, you're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And, we're, and if they don't like it, they're not having fun, right? When, but when you see two kids play, I urge a lot of people, by the way, if you don't have kids, go find somebody that has kids. Watch kids play. Watch what they do. It is the most purest form of interaction you'll ever see. If they're not fighting. If they're not at each other's throats, then they're especially playing. if they're fighting but they're off, but they're always building something. They're always creating something because that's who we are as a species. That's why we put people on the moon, man, because we can make stuff.
0: I wish Ken was on this audio. Ken, can you jump on? <clears throat> that is good shit. Okay, so there is plenty more for us to talk about.
3: However, I like that ending note. I like that. Say it again. It's about play. All about play. The last moment.
0: It's about play, tabletop role-playing games, video games to an extent. The issue with video games is unless you're dealing with a multiplayer where you're actually collaborating and working together. God damn. You're
1: You're passively being told a story. You're not as invested in it. Tabletop and gaming. The reason I do this, the reason I talk about it, the reason I did this whole show, mm. because I'm just trying to get back to that point in time when I was a little kid, you know, sitting in a sandbox, playing make believe with my friends. That's what it all. That's what it's all about. Why is
0: story so important
1: to us? It's who we are as a species. We identify with stories. Look at every religion on the planet. Look at every single. You know, uh, philosophy that's based off of anything. It's all narratives, the stories we tell ourselves, the archetypical um, things that we identify as. I mean, Jungian psychology, uh, it, it it's the sciences that we have. You, you know, definitely
0: it, have to have you back on here.
1: Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I could go. Yeah, we're going to get Megan, in it. Megan said it best. <laughs> it engages us, right? Like, it engages. That's it. what it is, yeah. we When we are engaged, we're on fire, all four cylinders are running, good to go.
0: All right, so uh, we're going to give you the last words here in a moment. Uh, I want to hear from Ken in a second. Yeah. So, uh, we do the Dreadlore game, we do a live play on Mondays. Um, the game where we have guest stars is called Into Space. It's very aliens esque. It's a dry heat. Well, did you. not fall on false ears. Um we would love to have you in that game if you have the time. It's on a Monday night for you. We can talk about it. Let me see. Alright we'll talk about it. But we would love to have you on. I would love to have you uh play in that game. Very near narrative forward game. Okay. Ken thoughts and then we're going to have Eric the last thoughts.
2: Am I am I mute? Oh my god. No,
0: you're 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 unmuted.
2: I was I I was I was trying to say that into space was like aliens meets uh, starship troopers. Oh. Uh meets, Do you like to know more? Uh, you know, a little yeah, only good
1: bit. Dead bugs, a dead bug. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Service oh. equals citizenship.
0: Uh yes. Yeah. Actually yeah. subscribing equals Absolutely. citizenship. Hey YouTube,
2: that's, that's real thing. Uh, my thought is that you should never fly in a plane because that's where you get the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a mask when you're on an airplane. I,
0: Wear your mask, man.
2: No, I, I I like the conversation at the end there. I thought you guys were really hitting on some stuff. I I really love the idea of um you know the fun is working it out working out that character because that character that you've built you know is there's a little bit of you and so you you've built this sculpture of a of, of a entity that that is in your mind that you're having fun with and you're having this like army guy or or, or you know this character this magician run around this imaginary world and you're you're having this wonderful time playing with other other beings uh, and you don't know how they're going to react or what's going to be thrown at you and, and the consequences like they're they're not really that bad so you you, you have you have opportunity to explore different ideas and such without without consequence or i mean you can always say the wrong thing to friend and, they could hate you forever. You can
0: definitely say the wrong thing in Into Space Ken. <laughs> might cut your head off. <laughs> yeah, you right. might. Uh Eric, closing thoughts. What do you want everyone to uh everyone in the world <laughs> uh to know? Tell us all the good stuff, take as long as you want.
1: I want everyone in the world to know. Uh at soap happens, and you should use more of it. Um, oh. That people aren't all dicks. You should be nice to people. Mm. Aside from that, you can find us at Goblin's Corner. Boom. Oh. Yeah, Where we uh, we do a weekly podcast or YouTube show. We're on all the players. Got a bunch of stuff. Dig it up.
2: Nice. Well, thank you for being on podcast uh the geeky gamer podcast uh I I've enjoyed the conversation I, I really wish that I could have asked you some questions and been more in the in in it but uh thank you um Bill for picking up the slack
0: Indeed uh you know I don't know how much slack I picked up um I do enjoy it when uh, it's Ken and me, because Ken is so much better at actually asking questions. So you've been at a bit of a disservice, Eric, uh, dealing with my bullshit. That's but I think it was true. really you, you, got, you
2: got a you got a, a way about you. you. You pull it out. You pull it out. Never pull out. All, All right. So
0: everybody, so thank everybody you so much for putting, jumping and in. Sitting in front of
2: everybody, you're like here. This is. I'm putting it here
1: uh eric eric you do improv do you have a show coming up what's going on so we have uh yeah we have a show coming up at uh limelight theater in two weeks it's captain's log it's a improvised star trek episode what yes what Uh, what's what we we make it up on the fly
0: do you have like a um a website or an instagram or whatever the fuck it
1: captainslogimprov.com you can come check that out we also play at dragoncon every year and various other conventions as i mentioned matt and i have a book coming out ludicrous beastiary we'll also be at breakout con this year in toronto and of course we'll be at dragoncon every year canada yeah i know it's going to be cold never been there cool. uh when is that uh that's in march breakout con and what in is march. it it's a sci-fi Wait, what, what, what
0: what is it called again
1: breakout con
0: breakout con in toronto so if you want to go to canada
1: <laughs> um hang out with us hey listen if you Canadians, want to go, to go on yeah we get some poutine it'd be great dude, or if you Google want to hang out in <laughs> dirty ass fries dude poutine is awesome dude poutine is is delightful listen don't how but dare you other people make me,
0: how dare dude. you make me acknowledge canada what the fuck
1: <laughs> we're also going to be at dragon con this year we'll probably be at several other conventions as well. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. put that on goblinscorner.com or you can sure. always check us out on our podcast. We'll talk about it at some point.
0: Fuck yeah. And when is your podcast?
1: Uh, we're coming out next. We'll have another episode out next week, generally on Thursdays or Fridays. Thursdays
0: or Fridays. And I would go to Spotify or <clears throat> any podcast thing to see it. Do you do yep. like a YouTube or any of that stuff? Or
1: We do. It's uh, youtube.com slash the cop uh, at Goblin's Corner, I believe.
0: At Goblin's Corner. All right. Y'all fucking check out the shit. They clearly know what they're talking about, and they're gonna be everywhere. They're like traveling and shit.
1: They're professional.
2: We're on the road.
0: They're on the road, man. Ken, last thoughts. We're gonna end.
2: I thought that Eric had the last. Yeah, you thought. thought wanna, you thought. You thought. The last word. I mean, that was hey, the thought that I.
0: Patreon people, thank you so much. Ken, would you like to introduce them?
2: Uh, no, you can do it.
0: Uh, Daniel Holker. Thank you so much, sir. He was on earlier. Nostalgic for kicking ass in the chat. Woo! Mm-hmm. Tim Roberts uh, for giving us the most money ever. Um, Tim Roberts is bomb, and our newest Patreon person, Natalia Klein. Thank you very much for kicking ass. Uh, we I don't think we had any music, but when we do, all lowercase letters. You can check that out on Instagram, Spotify fucking ticked wherever the fuck you want to go. Go get some all lowercase letters, baby. Uh, Mr. Interrupt. Also, these are music things. Thank you so much. God damn it. Uh, You will note that our podcast does not suck, and the reason is because of Couch Fire Media. You want to go to www. You better add those W's. If you don't,
2: suck it. You get a broken lane.
0: You get fucking nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's going to be bad for you. I want some W's, motherfucker. www. W- lazy. couchfiremedia.com. <laughs> motherfucker, go there. What the fuck is wrong with you? Go there right now.
2: Don't forget about the Far Reblades.
0: <laughs> right, we don't talk about that. This is why they have me <laughs> and lots of sponsors. Uh, the Goblin's Corner on Instagram. Goblin's Corner everywhere. Fucking go everywhere. see them. What the fuck's wrong with you? God damn it. All right, hey, Eric, thank you so Pay your bartender.
1: Pay your servers, folks. <laughs> they work <laughs> hard at <laughs> it.
0: All right, we're out. Uh, <laughs> much love and all that bullshit. Go get bent. All right, we're going. <laughs>